was rescued. What does it matter? Let him die where he chooses. Tannis! The dragon hole! He's magic! Maybe he can help! My old gods, Aramon, you're right! Rayson must be below deck! Tannis, Caramon! Where are you going? Should we follow? Don't come! Let Caramon and I handle this. You stay here with them. Oh, Caramon! Be careful! <laughs> Don't come near me, Tannis! What are you doing? I am fleeing certain death, half-elf. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? How? Using my magic. <laughs> and the magic of the dragon orb. It is quite simple. Though possibly beyond your weak mind. I now have the power to harness the energy of my corporeal body. And the energy of my spirit into one. I will become pure energy light. If you want to think of it that way. And becoming light, I can travel through the heavens like rays of the sun. <laughs> Returning to the physical world whenever and wherever I choose. Can, can the Dragon Orb do this for all of us? Possibly. But I am not certain. I will not chance it. I know I can escape. The others are not my concern. Stand back! Alright. You'll kill me without a second thought, but you won't harm your brother. Caramon, yeah. stop him. Don't do it, my brother. Come no closer. Go ahead, Caramon. He won't hurt you. Tell him, Caramon. Tell Dennis what I am capable of. You remember, so do I. It is in our thoughts every time we look at one another. Isn't it, my brother? What is he talking about? How is a boy sorcery, but... We're forbidden to speak of it. Parsalian said... That doesn't matter now. There is nothing Parsalian can do to me. Once I have what has been promised to me, not even the great Parsalian will have power to face me. But that's none of your concern. This is... The last test in the Tower of High Sorcery, Dennis, was against myself. And I failed. I killed him, Dennis. <coughs> I killed my brother. Or at least I thought it was Caramon. As it turns out, it was an illusion created to teach me to learn the depths of my hatred and jealousy. Thus, they taught me to purge my soul of darkness. What I truly learned was that I lacked self-control. Still, since it was not part of the true test, my failure did not count against me. Except for one person. I, I watched him kill me. They made me walk so I would understand him. <laughs> I do understand! I understood then! I'm sorry. Don't go and help me, Rass. So weak. You need me. No longer, Garamon. I need you no longer. Garamon, go ahead! Don't make him come near me, Dennis. I assure you, I am capable of this. What I have sought after my whole life is within my grasp. Look at Garamon's face, Dennis. He knows. <coughs> I killed him once. I can do it again. Brass! Us be luck, boy. Marlon. Sabachnar.
courted in a second floor guest room filled with tall ales and taller tales. Join a group of grown men intent on discussing the intricacies of fantasy and science fiction. Tim Gilbert Media presents Dungeons and Weeds! <laughs> <laughs> Hello, all you consumers of cheap dime store Hylordian romance novels. This is the Dungeons and Dweebs podcast, episode 5 Dragons of Spring Dawning, part 1. I'm your host, Bob. I can't give you my all, Tika, but I'll give you what I can. Angina Astinian Chandelier Baby Burner the 12th. But I'm not alone. Across the table from me, the man who can pound out his own Dragonlands faster than Theros Ironfeld's silver arm, Luke. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're. <laughs> We're here, innuendo aside, excited to be here with book... Volume 3 of the Dragonlance Chronicles, books at least 1 and 2. Super excited to be here, a little bittersweet, we're on the last third of this here. But you know what, let's just kick it off right away. To my left, I have nothing clever to say. He's Clob. <laughs> Younglings, I tell you what, it's been a it's been a week for your salacious old Uncle Clob. I'd love to say I've been laid up in my bed for two days like Tannis and Kitiaras, but the truth is it's more aching to flint on that damn ship. Flu season has hit me with the force of Mjolnir. <laughs> I'm dying here, kids. Please send me some of that Weapon X serum. Let me know where I can find a Genesis device, or if you happen to have a back to tank, I could take a nice long soak in. But enough about my misery. Across the table from me, as always, is the man whose lack of a plan may rival current world leaders. The cable to my Deadpool. The Roy Batty to my Decker. Wait, what? Okay. <laughs> Before the delirium sets in any further, how are you, Paul? I'm doing good. A little hurt. You can't compare compare me to our current leaders. Come on now. That I at least have more of a plan than they do. I feel like every Twitter thing is a new one. So... I'm doing pretty good. I'm looking forward to this last book. It'll be exciting to talk about it. Uh, I'm. It'll be it'll be entertaining to hear what everyone says about this last series. Just kind of how I felt. I think it'll be cool to see how everybody else decided to rate this, and you know, even rating the entire series at the very end. Right. I mean, so. this is kind of bittersweet. I agree with you, Luke. I mean, here we are. I feel like we uh, were getting ready to leave some sort of comfortable nest. I mean, here we are at the end, uh, the last book of the Dragonlance Chronicles. So we're looking at two more episodes of Dragonlance. And uh, yeah, it's, I don't know if I'm ready to leave this world. Yeah, I, you know, I. who are you? I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't feel like... <laughs> Oh man, this is this is kind of crazy to there's hear three, you there, say this. There's yeah. there's four listeners out there right now just throwing their uh, <laughs> device against the wall, going, "Wait, he wants to stay." I want to stay. Uh, yeah. Dungeons and Dweebs is not responsible for any damage to I iOS devices or any sort of Android listening device. <laughs> I agree, but you know, it's one of those things you get you get used to the characters; they grow on you. Definitely, and definitely. You, you know, so without um, too much spoiler, definitely. Yeah, yeah and we've definitely. spent so much time in this world now. I mean, we've spent a couple months in depth in this world so even with our criticisms these characters these places these are all parts of our heart at this point exactly well, you know, i mean my wife can testify to how much we've lived in this world I've got, <laughs> i started calling her kitty ara we learned something there i mean hey if we want to stay in this world there are another hundred and some books but no i kidding. say we can always find new ones 
Yeah, exactly. And we can always come back, and that's going to be the beauty of when we come back after a year, and we can re-dive into this world and re-dive into these, into these characters and into a lot of these situations again, and it will be like coming home after a year. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, definitely. T- like all of our heroes at the beginning of book one. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> Call back! <laughs> all right, so hey, uh, you know what? Let's all uh, gather up our drinks real quick right before we dive into this last volume. And you know what? It kind of smells like we have uh, some potatoes already, too. Yeah, Ooh, I, think Ot- potatoes. I think Otic's cooking some potatoes. Let's go. All right. Awesome. I was in a relationship oh, I swear to you, man. with a woman with the blue dragon. She brought me up to her room Boy, did night. she have good Where's time. my corn purse? Why don't you Where's fellas follow me into my cart? I'll show you how my glory is good. What'll it be, boys? Tavern talk. All right, so here we are. But but first up, uh, we have a promise to fulfill, guys. We were supposed to eat some Otic spicy potatoes. We just happened to have cooked some up here. So uh, got them right here. A little bit of a Julia Child's cooking show here. Let's uh, try them up. And they've been sitting on the floor for a little bit while we did the intro. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, these aren't bad. I I actually like them. Great. Okay, yeah. a little bit of. I like Woo. the fact that there's a little bit of slow burn on them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so there's there? cayenne pepper in this. Wait for it. Wait oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So what the recipe is, is uh, just cube up some potatoes. You uh, fry them up with butter and a lot of butter. Cayenne pepper and some onions. Sounds simple. Some real slow burn here, though. Yeah, yeah actually, my mouth is kind of on fire right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I may have doubled the amount of cayenne pepper. Yeah, I'm just, actually, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so, it's definitely some I mean, tavern food. This is just a hearty drinking meal. Exactly. You know? I agree. So Something that would something be very good to build a base to soak up some cheap ale. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, now I, I like this because I feel the studio now smells like what the uh, end of the last home would smell like. You know mm-hmm. I mean? I think it smelled like that before, but now we just have that food smell <laughs> there as well. Exactly. Well, it only smelled of ale. Now it smells of some Otix <laughs> spicy potatoes. Mm. Hey, We're going to continue this, though. Mm-hmm. I think next next podcast, uh, I think I'm going to go for some chili. Ooh, chili. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Might have to open the window. Yeah, that one. Yeah, this we might true. have to open the window this in mid podcast. But but not too bad. Hey, um, and I like the fact that too with the potatoes is it does definitely feel like you know like a tavern side or a tavern meal. Um, anytime you fry potatoes, you occasionally get the ones that get really really cooked, and you know are nice and mushy and sometimes maybe even a little slimy, and then you get the next one that's raw. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the way it's supposed to be. That's mm-hmm. how you're supposed to get those different textures in there. Kinda you did like, a very good job. Kinda like uh, Odic, been, Odic, you did a very good job. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like it's been sitting on the burner for a while, and then somebody ordered some, so the uh, tavern keeper poured some more potatoes on top and stirred it up. <laughs> so um, so if, you, if you've been to our website, um, it hasn't been updated in a while, but we're going we're gonna to change that. And um, this, is, this recipe is from the, uh, the leaves from the end of the last home book, mm-hmm. a, a book I recommended last time. And uh, definitely, uh, if you guys are into Dragonlance, you need to pick up that book and uh, your next Dragonlance D&D party, you need to cook up some of these meals. This is, this is not bad. Uh, I'll post the, uh, in case you don't have the book, I'll, I'll post the recipe mm-hmm. to our, our, our page. I mean, it's the, not- these would be great. These would be great for, a, you know, an afternoon where you're sitting around playing D&D, too. That's an excellent point. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's, it is just, I mean, fried potatoes and onions, but that, that <laughs> spice, 
I'm really digging it. Yeah, yeah. fried really potato and onions, you can't go wrong. Right. Right. I'll be honest, I've already inhaled mine. I was, a little, I was a little hungry. This is, this is good. I like it. <laughs> now, will, will my mouth be able to handle the heat? Well, now yeah. that our stomachs are happy, um, let's get our listeners happy by getting through Tavern Talk and onto the book. So, what's new in your nerd world, Paul? Well, I'll be honest, not much other than I've been uh, listening to some podcasts uh, a lot. I've There's been a few that I've really kind of binged. A lot of Dungeons and Dweebs? Uh, well, of course. That one. I have to. <laughs> I, have to I have to listen to that one. <laughs> Uh, but mostly uh, the Curiosity Podcast. If you guys are ever interested in just diving into a random fact uh, that Curiosity puts out, I really like it. It's about a 45-minute episode. For me, it can be a drive sometimes to work, things like that, where I'll listen to it. 45 minutes, you'll learn a lot about a, a topic. Like uh, I learned once about how different smells affect us. Wow. All different things like that. That's and then cool. Yeah, it's just one of those where I'm like, hey, I well, like this. Different does, science things. How does the smell of otic spicy potatoes affect you? Uh, it should bring you comfort. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, no, and then also the TED Radio Hour. They always have good different stories that they go in-depth to with as, as well, where it's just, you know, something else to listen to once you're done with our podcast for the night. You know, you can throw that in. and Of course, after you're done with Dungeons and Dweebs. Well, of course. Yes. Dungeons I mean, Dweebs. absolutely. After so. hours. <laughs> Club, what about you? I, like I said in the introduction, I have been sick for the last couple days. The flu season has hit me hard. And so really what I, mostly what I've been doing is... Boy, um, am I glad I'm stuck in a small room with you. I know, yeah. right? It's great. I'm, Thanks. Well, here. Oh, <laughs> God. Oh. <laughs> uh, mostly what I've been doing, and what I've been doing lately, I've been doing a little bit of reading, not too terribly much. Um, I did happen to watch uh, Get Out last night. Uh, it's the uh, horror movie done by Jordan Peele that came out last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, about the African-American kid who goes up to, you know, uh, the, the rich white girl's mm-hmm. estate. Okay. Takes a while to get going, but once it does get going, you understand why it took so long to get going. So I would definitely recommend that. Okay. Another, another one on mine, on my list of definitely worth the red box money, but I probably wouldn't buy it. Okay. <laughs> but definitely worth the red box money. Uh, watch that night. That'll really mess with you. <laughs> um, also doing a little Danny Trejo recently. Uh, dead, dead in Tombstone. Dead again in Tombstone. Uh, horrible movies. But you, you, you ha- but you watch them as horrible movies. Yeah. Oh, no. You, you definitely have to invite me over next it, time you're doing a horrible horror movie. It right? is. It's, it's, it, it's Machete as a Cowboy. Oh, my God. Oh my <laughs> God. Um, that sounds good. A little bit of rereading I've been doing. Doing, um, again, not to get too political about anything, but I've been rereading The Crucible right now by mm-hmm. Arthur Miller. It's a play set in uh, Salem Witch Trials and deals a lot with uh, a little a uh, conspiracy theory issues uh, going on during the I 1950s. In the I don't know States. anything about conspiracy <laughs> theory. Bob, Bob is just avoiding his eye contact right now. Mostly just because I love Arthur Miller and I'm, I'm kind of that nerdy play guy. And like I said before, I'm the one with the literature degree. I actually have a friend of mine who, before he passed away, shook hands with Arthur Miller. No way. And we to this day refer to him as the man who touched Miller. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, that's <wow>. crazy. <laughs> Luke, what have you been up to? You know, actually, it's it's been a lot of, I mean, not, not to give away too much about who we are, uh, you know, September is uh, when school starts. Uh, and that's when my job gets busy. <laughs> wink, wink. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So, I, I mean, and even even then, I mean, it, so it's been uh, work and Dragonlance. Work and Dragonlance. <laughs> that is it. But, I mean, we, we didn't actually cover something. What more do you really need? I mean, you know what? At this point, what? No, no I don't want to spoil it. 
We'll get there. You know, last time we were, we were here on Tavern Talk, uh, I brought up The Defenders. We really ran with that for a while, and I didn't get to talk about the other Netflix show that I binged <laughs> at that time. Uh, Travelers. It's a Netflix original, much like Defenders. Mm-hmm. Um, I cannot recommend this enough. It is, I mean, it's time travel. Ooh. So, I mean, I'm already Sucker in. Sucker for time travel. Oh, Love it. yes. Um, and really, you know, without giving away too much, um, what what is going on is, like, the future... You know, the human race is on the verge of extinction. And so what they're doing is they're sending people back in time. But they can't actually send, like, their bodies back in time. They can only send their consciousness as long as they know four things, what they call a tell. The time of their death, the elevation, the longitude, and the latitude. Lag- <laughs> longitude and latitude. Oh, my gosh. Um, my mouth is a little on fire from this potato. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So good. Could not recommend it. Enough. Uh... Along, yeah, why don't you cook up some odd spicy potatoes and watch Travelers? Um, <laughs> it's super cool. I really enjoyed the entire series. Um, they really dive into, um, at one point, um, you know, when somebody's consciousness dies, you know, it, is that really them dying? It's It really it gets a little uh, psychological. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, and then, like... Gosh, it was like last week was when I finally realized one of the main characters in this show is the guy who plays Will and Will and Grace, <laughs> which is the other which is the other reboot you said you were looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I actually no, no, I'm not gonna. Which reboot would you prefer, another Spider-Man or Will and Grace? Fair enough. Oh, <laughs> true. But no, this guy, I he, he is. I how about a crossover? Whoa! <laughs> I actually um. He was such a good actor in that. Like, I never even thought Sitcom. It was really? it was that good. Wow. And I it, it ended on such a cliffhanger. Netflix, if you're listening, hi. Um, <laughs> long-time paying customer of yours. Um, if you cancel Travelers without, like, giving me some... Uh, resolution? Yeah, resolution, some closure. I'm going to be so angry. <laughs> anyway... Also, if you're listing Netflix and are looking for a fun new show about just four guys doing a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyway, hey, that's that's enough ramblings from me, Bob. How you been? Well, pretty good. I mean, I wish I had something to say about what I've been binging on Netflix. But again, like we've stated, I've got two young girls at home. The premiere of the new season of Fuller House was what crossed our radar screen. I, I actually, you know what? I had no idea that even happened. That there was a new Full House? Oh, no, I knew I knew that like, the first season came out, but I didn't know that they came okay. back to do some more. Okay. So, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a sappy dad at this point. I kind of watched the show growing up, and I'd have to say it's striking all those weird kind of notes. Like, if... I mean, I'm not recommending Fuller House, (laughs) (laughs) lest I lose all credibility, Uh, but it's been fun. It's been fun to watch it with the girls and and that kind of thing. But honestly, on to to stuff that maybe our listeners would be more into. Um, For some reason, whenever fall comes around, I get kind of the hankering for reading some sci-fi, which is good because we're going to be jumping to sci-fi with Red Rising coming up. Um, But a nice quick read that I always kind of enjoy, uh, I went back to some old classic sci-fi and read Ringworld by Larry Niven, Um, and I'm always a a big fan of of some of his stuff. It's of the time, and uh, it'd be a fun book to sometimes review on the show just because there's a lot of kind of maybe outmoded uh, views on 
fun things that would be kind of fun to bring up and play around with. Um, also something kind of way out of left field. Um, I had a friend who came up to me and said, uh, have you ever watched uh, Savage Planet, or not, Fantastic Planet, it's called. Fantastic Planet. Fantastic Planet, yeah, and I, I mean, I was I was thinking of all kinds of other 50s sci-fi movies. I, I didn't really know what they were talking about. And they said, no, it's a cartoon from 1973. Um, and, it, and it won all kinds of awards. And I'm like, I have no idea. And it's by a French director. And so oh. I... Yeah, she gave, she gave me the DVD. Um, turns out the thing is, like, for free on YouTube, I believe. Oh, I mean, nice. this is nothing... That, yeah. That means it'll be good. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's out on Blu-ray, but not for our you, region. You know, what, you know what else is free on YouTube? The <laughs> audiobooks for the Dragonlance Chronicles. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you want to know what else is free on YouTube? The Dragonlance Autumn Night Movie. Oh, <laughs> Autumn Twilight. Autumn yeah. Twilight. Autumn, uh, you know when a company is not looking to pull it down, it's yeah, not worth oh your my time. God. Th those audiobooks put me right to sleep. Yeah, but really weird. Again, kind of sci-fi. It's like distant future, and there's these gargantuan, like humanoid people called the Drags, and there's these these little ohms. Like humans are like enslaved by them, and they call them ohms, and they treat them like pets. And you know, it's kind of one of those weird early '70s commentary on on humanity and slavery and and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, animal rights, maybe even thrown in there. It is a trip, though. Like, I mean, okay. I do not recommend this movie at no. all. I, I sat in the morning before work. Literally, I mean, how weird is this? Sitting at 5.30 in the morning on my computer watching this hour and 30-minute bizarro cartoon um, directed by this French guy, René Ledoux, uh, or Lalou, or whatever. It's bizarre. It's very trippy. Um, you need to... Everybody's like naked in it. Oh, it is just, yeah. it is weird. Make sure the but, kids are down for Yeah, bed. so don't be yeah. putting this on when the kids are around. This is not a cartoon for the kids. But yeah, it's very existential and bizarre. I don't know. But dad, I want to watch South Park. <laughs> Actually, the animation reminds me of stuff I saw on, minus the nudity, stuff I saw on, on Sesame Street as what? a kid. So I'm kind of thinking, I'm, like, I'm okay. like, who is this animation company? And I never looked into it, but I'm pretty sure they must have done stuff for Sesame Street. Too. Yeah, after this tanked. It looks like <laughs> 70s Sesame Street stuff. It's, it's very bizarre. Weird. But yeah, but that's about all that's going on in my nerd world, because Dragonlance has literally been consuming every waking hour. Is that in a bad way or a good way? Yeah, I mean, you know... Spoilers. Uh, it's, it hasn't been bad. I, I've, had, I've enjoyed my time. I think you, you made that very clear this Yes, time. yes. I mean... Whereas, yeah. whereas the, the Chronicles were on now, you really aren't... I'm not reading the Chronicles anymore. I'm, I'm on to other things in, that, that I'm reading. Oh, okay. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, I, I didn't I, realize. Um, <laughs> sorry, I just pulled it up for... I just pulled up the, uh, the trailer for Fantastic Planet. And, wow. <laughs> You, okay. gotta, you should you should turn that. Uh, yeah, uh, turn it around whoa. so everybody can see. Yeah, there is what? a, a weird, oh, weird okay. creature licking. This is I've never done hallucinogenics, but I think I get it. Yeah, and, and actually, <laughs> yeah. if anybody knows, uh, we kind of inserted. I kind of inserted into our last intro. Um, the tangerine. It's very Tangerine Dream kind of okay, soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of I, weird I that, yeah. synthesizer-y. Yeah, it's really trippy. I don't know. If I, could, <laughs> I don't know if I could sit there for an hour and a half watching that. I did. <laughs> so. Well, hey, I mean, you know, this entire LSDS and trip aside, I think we need to return to the world of Crim. I I believe so. Cause all right. So hey, why don't you know? I suppose it's my turn again to buy the round. I'll get this round, and then we can really dive 
dive into Dragons of Spring Dawning. All right. Hey, more potatoes, please. Yeah. We got this. Ooh, tell me more. It's a DeLorean, isn't it? Scales, you're always in my face. I might have driven a DeLorean here. I pull up a chair, friend. All right. Well, we have more feedback um, coming in. Facebook and Twitter and email. Yeah, hey, thank you so much. This has been, I, we love the back and forth so much. And I mean, you know, we're always meeting new people this way. It's, it's awesome. It is awesome. And I, I, there are so many of you at this point listening that I know there's got to be a lot of um, things that people want to say. Please don't be shy. I mean, uh, please email us at Dungeons and Dweebs podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we pull things off of Facebook, uh, Twitter, so so please don't be shy. Respond, talk to us. We want to hash it out, even if it's negative. Hey, we're re- I'm re- Bob is ready for the slings and arrows. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm not. Okay, but uh, first. Can I say long-time listener when we're on episode five? Well, I <laughs> suppose, I mean, you know, if you've listened to 100% of the episodes, maybe. So, okay, yeah. So, faithful long-term faithful listener. Faithful listener. Faithful long-term faithful l- listener. Uh, uh, pseudo-contributor. Pseudo-contributor. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you, when we get into the meat of the podcast, uh, Brendan from Facebook, this guy has been shepherding me through this. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it when we get into the podcast. But he came back at us... Um, with a comment on Facebook. It says, hey, good episode, our last episode, with a lot of interesting discussion, but I do have to strongly disagree with the criticism of Lorana right after she used the dragon orb. And I think what he's referencing, I know for sure I was kind of knocking Lorana. No way. Yeah, I don't knock anything. (laughs) For for the fact that she used the dragon orb to bring in the dragons into the Claris Tower, uh, kill the dragons, and then... uh, after talking about having a headache and this kind of thing, that that she decides she's glad she doesn't want to use the dragon orb and everything, I think is how I worded it. Mm -hmm. And kind of was flippant about it and said, you know, come on, Lorana, like if you have the weapon that can win this war for Kryn, you should just kind of... You know, man up and 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 do this thing. Yeah. Um, but he says yeah, this. Yeah, Brendan comes in to back me up. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. So Brendan here to defend Lorani says the orb's effect on her was a lot more serious than just making her brain hurt a little. Like I had said. Yeah. Uh, if you remember Taz's description of what Lorana looked like right after using the orb, deathly pale with her eyes looking abnormally large, it reads like she suffered something akin to a heart attack or a stroke. But despite that. What did she do right after using the orb? Uh, I'm going to throw that out to you. What did she do right after using the orb? Well, I'm kind of in spring dawning mode, so you're going to have A little pop quiz. Um, she took a moment to comfort Taz and then rushed up, alone, mind you, to the tower walls to protect Sturm's body. And this despite her knowing that, per Sylvanesti dream, she is supposed to get killed while defending Sturm's body. Charging back into the fray, mere moments after suffering a heart attack stroke equivalent injury shows just how tough and brave Lorana is and definitely marks her as a larger-than-life hero. Brendan, you are spot on. He is. My guy. I will say, he made me go back and read through it again. Uh, I don't remember what I said specifically. I believe it also talked about how uh, she almost lost control. 
of the dragon orb, and the dragon orb mm-hmm. almost controlled her as well, right. which then made it seem more like okay, you know, you and might that, be able to do it the first time, but the second time, the orb already knows who you right. are. Yeah. They we, could, we, we do even get some of that when so, like Raceland's messing around with his orb. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I, I will, de- I will, I will definitely give her credit at this point, um, just because of the fact that we haven't we haven't seen Lorana as you know a quote unquote magic user at this point. Right. And right. so being being so, I. Maybe you could almost aken it to, you know, somebody grabbing an infinity stone or something along those lines. <laughs> right, where yeah. She, she should have had more than just the heart attack stroke. It should have right. just taken and she, her over And she's not her. a magic and, user or anything. Yeah, else, you know? so I, I, I will give her credit in that respect. Yeah, yeah. Plus, they yeah, talked think, in depth about how cool the uh, Lorana Kitiara standoff over Sturm's body oh, was. Yeah, yeah no, it's, it, it is very cool. So, and I also went back and reread it. And and you're totally right, Brendan. I, I, I agree. I think uh, I, I shouldn't have been so hard harsh on Lorana because I know I was I, I don't know if harsh but again kind of criticizing yeah. her for kind of uh, but I mean, hey, that's why we're here making the statements that she did yeah no I, I agree I and agree. that's and that's why the listeners are there to keep us honest yeah keep us in check <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> all right and hey you know what let's let's pop over to Twitter real quick um, you know I think I had I had asked you Bob um, about the hey you know when they go to ice wall hmm. is there a book there Oh, our, okay. our friends over on uh, Twitter, PB Publishing, had actually they hit me right back and actually even included some really cool art on this tweet. Fielthas and the Quest of Icewall is covered in Dragonlance of High Lord Skies. Oh, okay. Lost Chronicles Volume 2, which actually, Bob, is one of the hardcover books that you gave me. <laughs> so I actually, I have that. I have it set aside and I'm ready to read it because, I mean, I think I even said, like, I, I want to hear about that. That sounds so cool. Yeah, right. Um okay. So we got that question answered for us, thankfully, on Twitter, because otherwise I might have just been, like, bumbling around, you know, the hundred and some Dragonlance books there are out there. Well, and thank you to PB Publishing, too, because we've gotten a bunch of responses about stuff from them. Oh, my gosh, yes. I yeah. you, you guys have shown us so much love on Twitter. Hey, shout out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, hey, we've got, we've got more feedback from uh, Kayla uh, on Facebook. She says... You guys, I don't Uh-oh. know if that's how she says it. That's, that's how I want to say that she says it. You guys, there, there's three U's and three Y's. Yeah, so I think that's how it is. You guys, I love Dragonlance and I love your podcast. I'm super stoked to hear about the recipes. However, I hate Tavern Job. I want to hear about DL, not random video games. I just straight up fast forward through it. Other than that. Great podcast. Um, so, Kayla, taking us to task on doing Tavern Talk. Yeah, and you know what? That's actually, it's been a bit of a, a back and forth between us. You know, what, you know, is should Tavern Talk just be its own thing, like its own download, its own episodes, so people can just download that. And if they don't want to listen to it, they don't have to listen to it. If they just want to listen to the book we're doing, they can just listen to the book we're right. doing. If I can pull back the curtain of podcasting from a, yeah. from four people who who are very new to this, the, I think the the discussion that we've had, at least from my end, my thinking, so if I can defend our reasoning for doing uh, Tavern Talk to you, Kayla, is, is that although we're doing Dragonlance right now, 
Um, we have a whole schedule of other books that we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing Red Rising. Then we're going to be jumping into the Sort of Truth. Yes, uh, uh, DungeonsAndDweebs.com. Uh, go to our ca reading calendar. Reading calendar. And maybe yes. we'll have it updated soon. We, we'll have it updated by the time <laughs> Kayla will get there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going into the Sort of Truth. Then we're going to do some Philip K. Dick. Uh, you know, with, yeah. So, I mean, we've got a full calendar of other things before we come back to Dragonlance next summer. Um, so, the idea is we have gained, hopefully, uh, a lot of loyal listeners um, and that you're not just here for Dragonlance. Um, but if the book that we are reviewing is not, like, something that you like, hopefully you formed kind of a connection with us and you'd at least come back and listen every every two weeks to to Tavern Talk. And that Tavern Talk is something that's more general, more accessible to everybody, not mm -hmm. just people who have read the book. And that, that keeps the audience moving forward along with us. And by all means, Kayla, come on over, sit down, have a drink with us during Tavern Talk. We'll buy you one. <laughs> and hey, Kayla, if you haven't, <laughs> at least I will. you need to go on, to, on Amazon right now. You need to order Red Rising and you need to read that book. I guarantee you, you're going to like it. Okay. Whoa, spoilers, Bob. We'll, we'll get into Red Rising. Oh, okay. We'll get into Red Rising when we get there. <laughs> anyway, hey, I, you know, not really, a, not really a question, not really filling us in on anything, but just a little, love, a little bit more love on Twitter. Uh, Season just shared with us uh, a couple days ago. It was a gorgeous fall day. She's reading out and getting ready for the upcoming Dungeons and Dweebs episodes, Reading Red Rising. All right, so we've got people already yeah. prepping for Red Rising. Yeah, nice. yeah. And again, if you're a Dragonlance fan, uh, I would say you should look at this. Although it's we're billing this as sci-fi, and it is sci-fi, it's got a lot of these kind of I would say dark, barbaric elements. Definitely, there, there is swords and and I wouldn't say sorcery, but there there's definitely kind of a. But hey, why don't you uh? Come join us in, what's it going to be, November? Yeah, so right after we're done with these, we've got two more episodes of this, and then right into Red Rising. Right into Red Rising. Right into Red Rising. So I don't know if that's a good enough defense for you, Kayla, but but I hope it is. Uh, so as far as the foreseeable future, we're going to kind of stick with, uh, with Tavern Talk. But hey, Tom, uh, this is kind of a side comment. I had posted some of our ads to Facebook, says... Hey, what's Cage got in his hands? <laughs> so, what? What? Hold on a second. So, I, oh, 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 Luke Cage. Luke Cage. Cage. Oh. So I gotta, I've got to bring this up. I'm like, like, totally out of, like, I didn't even, like, know what you were talking about. Like, like, you, you said ads, but I'm like, Cage? Who's Cage? So, yeah. where did they come on? So, again, I'm going to do a little thing on our fa on our, uh, our website about, so what's the deal with us advertising for Dragonlance and Dungeons and Dweebs with action figures, <laughs> okay? But um, so I might be a little bit of an action figure collector, Star Wars and Marvel, and it's more than a little bit. Yeah. Okay, maybe We've more seen than your and, it's, and it's more than collector because I've seen you play with them. Okay, <laughs> what did you see? I did not see you playing with your toys again, sir. Okay, okay, just a little story. If you've seen our ad uh, where I had Spider Man and Thor on the beach. Um, Let's just say that I was running around like some sort of French photographer <laughs> set, set, 
setting up all of these little these little action figures as the county workers are all standing around in, in their vests. It's like a hot early August day. It's, and they're all just just you know guns out with shovels digging, just watching as I'm running around on a beach. You know about that? Setting that's, up little action figures and chairs. That's one of my favorite things about you. You don't, you don't even care. <laughs> Yeah. And I don't even. I mean, care. like from the, from the outside, like it's totally funny to talk about, but like <laughs> in the you, moment, you still did it. A yeah. person should actually care about what people think. Scoop <laughs> them out and run away. So yes, please follow us on Facebook because if nothing else, these ads that Bob makes are worth it. These are all homemade in-house ads. We're not buying these from someone. No, we're not, no, I'm taking pictures of my action figures. Yes, these are all made. Bob makes all of these in-house, including from our last ad with the the party at Jessica Jones's house. My favorite thing in the world. The Joan Jett as Kitty Ara album that she is holding. <laughs> I, it is amazing what you can do for some of these things. Yeah. It's 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 a, So it, what what is what does Cage have in his hand? He's got a Joan Jett album. Yeah, oh, that's so, what it is. Okay. So he's okay. he's holding a Joan Jett album and I do believe that probably Tom is referring to the fact that his other hand is kind of uh, in a position that looks like he should be holding a can or something, but there's nothing in it, so it's it's a little weird. I took it from like <laughs> I did, since it since it is the '70s, uh, Luke Cage. Yeah. I just took it as like doing like the elbow pump, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we've got just a few more to go through here. Uh, we've got Brad who sent in, "Hey, I just listened to episode two about." Part two, and one of you guys said something about Kith Kennan's sword and Kith Kennan interesting you. I just wanted to say, if you haven't read the Elven Nations trilogy, that was actually what originally got me hooked on Dragonlance. Book two of the trilogy is all about Kith Kennan and his brother, and I read it like three or four times before I ever bought another Dragonlance book. And Kith is to this day still one of my favorite characters in all 30 plus of the books that I've read. So, hey, I, I've looked at this. I know that, and I believe the Dwarven, uh, Dwarven trilogy, I think, are held in fairly high esteem. And it's hard because I know when stuff comes out in softcover, I'm kind of a snob this way in some ways. When there's like a, like, it comes from Star Wars, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Usually the good books come out in uh, hardcover. Okay, okay. And the not good stuff comes out in softcover. It's like, it's like you know, the, the publishing company doesn't have the confidence, so they mm -hmm. publish it in, in softcover. That hasn't held true. I mean, in Star Wars, the X-Wing novels, are fantastic, but I shouldn't be that way. I might have to, after what I'm reading now, I should jump into. Yeah, actually, you know what? I actually, I, I, I wrote that down because I think I'm the one who said that the, the Kith Cannon story sounded amazing. Yeah, I, I'm not. Hey, Bob, do you have those books? I do can I, have. Can I, borrow them? I happen to have the Elven Nations trilogy. I can awesome. send it awesome. your way. Yeah, 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 I got it written down here. I'm definitely going to. Yeah, check man, that out. and Thanks, even man. I mean, this kept going. Even Steve said said that that was his third favorite series. So I mean, it's not just Brad. There's other people backing yeah. Steve, backing Steve, him up on what's this. What's your first favorite series? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Nice. Um, so, and Brad also goes on to say that why do I feel like I'm the only one who prefers Dragonlance over Forgotten Realms? And I wanted to throw this out here because I, projecting long term down the road, there are two Dungeons and Dragons worlds that got started yeah. here fairly, fairly in the same time frame. Dragonlance being first, but the other one being Forgotten Realms. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you, in a year, Dragonlance, the Legends. But we're going to make time 
to start ourselves off on Forgotten Realms. Because I remember reading that first trilogy yeah. uh, that Salvatore did, and that's not the first trilogy. I know there's one before that called like Moonshay or something like that. Um, but I think we should dive into that and do a little, you know. Actually, you know, I, I've kind of been holding off. You know, once we start talking about doing this podcast and like reviewing these books, like I definitely Forgotten Realms was on my radar, like already, just personally. Right. I'm like, well, you know, I might as well, you know, if we're going to do a podcast about books, I might as well like wait and can we please do Forgotten Realms, guys? I really want to do Forgotten Realms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's kind of funny coming into this, I'm kind of like, okay, so I don't know anything about this world. Is this kind of like a Star Wars, Star Trek rivalry? Is it like Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance? Maybe maybe we'll find out. Maybe we will be... The hey, commonality. If you're a listener out there and know, is there like a throwdown blood war between Dragonlance yeah, fans and, and and Forgotten Realms fans? Let us know before we start treading into these waters. <laughs> we're, gonna take, we're gonna take all these Dragonlance hey. people over to the Forgotten Realms area, and we're all gonna get like hurt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, maybe maybe we can be the peacemakers. Maybe that's right. Maybe reconciliation yes. between the two worlds on the Dungeons and Dweebs podcast. Yeah, it's time, know. guys. If there's been animosity between your two worlds, <laughs> you need to rectify this. Situation. We don't need to be divided oh, at a time right. like. Well, this. hey, do we, do we have any more? <laughs> do, we, do we have any more feedback, or should we? Uh... That is all for the feedback right now. Right? All right. But hey, Bob, you got a synopsis ready for us? Uh, yes, I do. Dragons of Spring Dawning by Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman, TSR Publishing, nineteen eighty-five. Oh, wait. Luke, before I do this, uh, yeah. I need some mood music. Oh, you know what? Oh, wait, hold on. I Actually, I have the best thing to give. Oh, my God, this is going to be so good. This is going to be so good. Flotsam. Morning. Storm clouds gathered over the blood sea of Istar. Dark and heavy laden with their oppressive burden. Much like the oppressive burden of my half-elf heart. I watched as the storm clouds roiled and turned over each other. Where they touched, energy exploded in a blinding flash of euphoric release. Such had been the last four days of my time spent here. With her, my Kittyara. She rose from the bed like a Sylvanestian werecat. Wild, tousled black hair and legs that would make Astinus run out of ink. She had eyes you could get lost in. Forget your friends, your duty, your plans. I was tired. My head felt like a band of drunken gully dwarves had taken a permanent residence, and my loins were as numb and lifeless as Theros Ironfeld's silver arm. She had bad news written on her like a burned-out Kweishu hut. Whoa, 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 Bob, Bob. What's really going on here? (laughs) All right. Our story opens in Flotsam, where we find Tannis has been spending time in a romantic dalliance with Kitiara. But when Kit leaves to fight the Battle of Sandcrest, Tannis is able to escape and reunite with the rest of the group, Caramon, Raceland, Tika, Riverwind, and Goldmoon. Our intrepid heroes board a ship piloted by the fearless Maquesta and begin a perilous journey across the Blood Sea of Istar. They are pursued by dragons, however, and Barum takes fate into his own hands and steers the ship into the giant whirlpool that resides at the center of the Blood Sea. Below deck, Raceland uses the dragon orb to teleport off the ship before it meets its doom within the whirlpool. Raceland is transported to Palanthas, where he continues his quest for arcane knowledge within the city's library. 
Raceland meets Asinus, the chronicler who continually writes all the events of the lands of Kryn in his massive tomes. Raceland isn't the only companion in the city of Palanthas, however. Lorana, fresh from her victory in Sandcrist, is made leader of the Knights of Salamnia, while Flint and Taz get themselves into some comedic hijinks in the streets. But the celebrating doesn't last long, as shadows fall across the streets of Palanthas and the dragon armies arrive outside the cities. Bravely, our heroes climb aboard their sleek silver X-wings, uh, speeder bikes, uh, dragons, and take to the skies as an epic battle commences. After the battle, a victorious Lorana receives word that Kitty Yara wants to do an exchange and swap. She'll give Lorana Tannis if she releases Bakaris, a dragon highlord captured in the battle. It's obvious to everyone that it's a trap, but who cares? It's never stopped us before, so why change now? <laughs> Lorana brings Bakaris outside the city where she falls into the obvious trap and is forced to go with Bakaris to a forest glade where she's almost raped. Thank goodness a disembodied ghost dragon high lord named Soth is creeping in a nearby cave and can stop the whole thing and carry Lorana off into the woods. Interlude, Tannis and crew are not dead. Barum Chestgem knew what he was doing, and our heroes have somehow been transported to the city at the center of the whirlpool. Turns out that the lost city of Istar isn't really lost. It's underwater and inhabited by the secretive sea elves who appear to humans only as dolphins. The elves help Tannis and crew back to shore, and Tannis learns of Lorana's capture. The dragon armies are back, headed by bold commander Kitiara, along with not one, but two Death Stars, I mean, no, floating citadels. <laughs> Brilliant strategist, Tannis decides to risk everything on Barum and his secret chest gem. He will go into the heart of evil, the Temple of Tachesis, and try to use Barum to stop her and rescue Lorana. Fighting through evil territory, our band of heroes are reunited with Fizbin. The group decides to rest in God's home, a bowl-shaped mountain refuge. Flint has an exchange with Barum and suffers a fatal heart attack. Pushing on to the Dark Queen's temple, Tannis and Karaman act as soldiers of the Dark Queen and the rest of the companions as their captives. But in the heat of almost being discovered, Tannis cries out to a passing Kitiara and gives himself over to her custody. Karaman and friends are taken into the dungeons. Tannis is brought by Kitiara before the Dark Queen and all her minions in the temple. Lots of competing power struggles happen. Lorana is brought out wrapped in gauze. Tannis stabs Ariakis, a major high lord, through his rainbow shield. And Tannis finds himself having to choose between Lorana and Kitiara. He chooses Lorana. And chasing and running and more chasing happens. Meanwhile, Barum goes ape, smashing bodies, and everybody escapes the prison. In the end, Raceland appears back in black. Hits Karaman in the chest with a fireball, just cuz. Barum <laughs> screams like Donald Sutherland from Invasion of the Body Snatchers and impales himself on a gem-encrusted pillar, closing the gate, allowing Takesis to exist on Kryn. Takesis is banished back to the stars, and our heroes escape to the surrounding hills. We end with Raceland, now wearing black robes, entering the Tower of High Sorcery to take his place as central character 
in the next Dragonlance trilogy. Whoa. Dun, dun, dun! I mean, huge twist. Raceland and Black Robes. Wait a minute. That's on the cover of the book. <laughs> God dang you guys. Is it? Big, oh, yeah. big reveal. <laughs> I never bothered to look at the cover I, of the book, to be very I thought honest. It was just, I thought it was just really dark red. I was going to say, I thought it was Shadow One, from the... 100% did not look at the cover. I just read the title and was like, all right, this is the book I ordered. Time to go. Oh my God. I never looked at the title. I never looked at the pictures. <laughs> Well, Dragons of Spring Dawning. Hey, we've, we've now reviewed two books. Hey, we came up the last ones, all of us unanimously saying that there was a pa- we gave a pass to this book. Yeah. I, yep. Even I squeaked through with yeah. a 2.5. <laughs> <laughs> so in all honesty, looking forward to Dragons of Spring Dawning. Again, I, I'm going to go back to my analogy of learning to ride a bike. Mm-hmm. I'm like, now we're in the third book. All the training wheels are off. They were wobbly, even for me in the second book. This third book, are they are they finally going to start riding that tandem bike yeah. <laughs> without the wobbles? Just ready to go. And you know what? Actually, just like initially opening the book, this map that you get. It's mm. a, I mean, there, there have been maps in the beginning of the book, but now... It, it, it means something to me. And you know what? I, I feel like in this book, especially uh, as we get to it, uh, you need it. There's times that you need this map. Yeah. I found myself yeah. looking at this map. <laughs> I had to just I, I had to just reach across and grab the book and open up to the map <laughs> because I read I read a digital version of this. Oh. So oh. I, read, I read the Kindle version of this and it skipped I didn't even it skipped right over the map. <laughs> See, this would have been very helpful. Yes. I will say I ordered my book off Amazon and it, the print is a little small. I wish I had the same size of map that uh, Bob over there, oh, yeah, the hardcover really yeah. yeah. hard wow. map is cool. Yeah, yeah it's a double absolutely. page spread. Here, I gotta turn it sideways. Ooh. Yeah, no, no, it's super cool check to out, like to like go check back. Check out that Blood Sea of Iskar whirlpool. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> it's super cool to go back to this map after reading through uh, two physical books, two volumes, if you will. Right. About right. about all these cities and really just seeing where they are. I mean, there there have been maps in book in volume one and volume two, but like I man, I didn't know anything about the world then. Right, and you know, and I, I have to say, I'm not in, a lot of times in fantasy novels, I feel like maps are something that just come with the territory. Like, it seems like every fantasy novel I've I've ever read uh, has maps in the beginning, and I kind of find myself not really ever looking at them unless it mm-hmm. becomes really necessary yeah. in my reading, and I haven't really jumped to them a lot, but in this one, I did find myself going back a lot to the map. Like I said, yeah, that's bigger. I ended up, though, going on the computer and, and pulling up a really giant one that I could yeah. zoom into <laughs> yeah. and look, because there are so many at this point uh dragonlance has existed for so long that there's mm-hmm. just towns everywhere and little things labeled I, it's tough i think the only other series i've ever gone back and actually looked at the map was the wheel of time series just because it is so massive similar right. to this you look at it and right try to find a map it'll be packed i mean if we're gonna bring up this series a uh, lord of the rings is one that i really never felt like i had to look at the yeah. map because i felt like the narration uh, very clearly was stating where people were going and, and i didn't even it was painting enough of a map in my mind whereas mm-hmm. here especially as we get to some of these battles with lorana i'm kind of like okay where's this city and where are we going and what planes are they fighting across and you know and it, especially when you're trying to review something you're mm-hmm. really digging down into the meat so yeah yeah for absolutely. sure absolutely all right, hey, we start off, though, guys, Dragons of Spring Dawning. You know what? It's been a while since we've had <laughs> a poem. <laughs> was it a poem? Yeah, it's it's, a, yes. Is it a poem? It's, it's a poem. Oh, it's, it is. I, it I is. just okay. have written well, down, I have written well, down this, and I want to see what you guys think of this. I have incomprehensible musings by Tannis. 
I'm gonna be honest, guys. Oh, <laughs> once <laughs> once again, I, just... I skipped it and went right to no, the no, no, Everman. No. Yeah, yeah. No, I skipped it straight Club up just and just flicked yeah. me back a page. I didn't even see this. Yep, I just uh, it got it. lost in the. Uh, club, I don't. Club, I, what would you call this? The the forward. The, yes, the forward. It got lost in the forward. I just like oh well, it's just like the font was the same. I just missed. This it. was the entire inspiration for doing that entire <laughs> uh, plot synopsis bit. Oh really? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Where I'm like, it's just Tannis sounding like he's just kicking back, smoking a cigarette in the rain with saxophone music playing she, in the back. She was like whiskey and cockies. Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> Wait, I knew her in college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, okay, so yeah, what, what yeah. you, so, got, why don't you I got two forty-fives, one in each pocket. This, um, mm-hmm. Paul and I will read it. So yeah. we have <laughs> someone is singing a song, reciting the poem, doing, <laughs> oh the, fi- doing the film noir about Kitty <laughs> Right. And we go through this whole idea of going through here. I, I read this one. It was at okay. the beginning. I actually hey, read this hey, one. Hey, Claude, you have a literature degree, so, okay, lead us. Can you talk about this? I can't, I can't, read, this. I can't read this without laughing because of the whole noir thing. It's I was going to go the other way. Days I was going to ask you guys if you understood what the hell was going on with the shark. No, I, you know, that's, this is why I put incomprehensible musings by Tannis. I, again, I'm sure there is somebody who has read this and spent the time in dissecting what is being said here, but to me, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spend the time to figure out what he's saying about flip page. Let's just see what's coming. And I just want to, I want to point out this last stanza here because this last stanza really is it. Like you said, it's this, it's the noir. It's the reason why we did the, why we did the synopsis thing that we did this time. And so into the shadow, not your shadow, but the eager grayness expecting light, I ride the storm away. Oh my God! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what, the, what is he saying I there? No, picturing him and Kittyara. Oh man, doing, okay. doing stuff. I don't <laughs> care. It's that I just like what we did so, with this. It so works. let's. I guess we're all in agreement. You skip that. You get into the. I mean, on accident. On accident. <laughs> okay. But you, you, would, you could. Okay. You could. Okay. And so we get into what is, I guess, the first chapter. It's this usual, like we get in these books. This it's kind of prelude. Yep. Uh, it's the Everman. Which it's I, 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 I love that. Word. Can I? Can yeah? Can I just say that? All joking aside, I hope you're still listening, people, and not like, oh, here they go, just ripping this book apart again from that first line. Everman, I think, is really strong. This is one of the strongest openings uh, to a book. I thought the opening from the last book was really weak and not where you start Mm -hmm. a book. This is good. You're giving us some back-in-time lore that's really odd. And I like that it's kind of dissonant from the rest of the books. You don't know these characters. It it really kind of sets you off on on a weird footing, and I love it. Well, and I like the fact, too, that as we go through here, we have this whole Everman and Jasla yeah. uh, story here of these two kids in the woods. Yeah. And it really set it up for me, it, in my head, aching back to, you know, the the beginning of the movie where you're getting that little bit of backstory where they're flashing the credits yeah, in yeah, front yeah. of you. Yeah, yep. yeah. Again, yep. this would set but, up well as a But in a less, like, obnoxious way than Dragons of Winter Night did it, where it's just like, hey, remember when this happened? Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah, I remember. I just read that book. But 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 we're getting we're getting the story yeah, here. We are. Right. We're, getting, and, we're getting the pictures of the story here, well, which is and let's go into, what did, yeah. and get, let's get into this story. So what it is 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 Barum had a sister named mm-hmm. Josla, right? And and they end up they're they're out in the woods and they find this kind of burnt out 
Temple, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And kind of Hansel and Gretel. Kind of very Hansel. Yeah. yeah. It has this. I, yeah. I was going to go more like Smeagol and his friend, but I, I, okay. There okay. you go. I there just. Go. I mean, it sounded like they were starving. They were always hungry. It seemed. Yeah. It was this paint. right after the cataclysm, or was this? If, I think it's right after the cataclysm you know, because what, I, actually, what, what I've written down was like, I'm like, well, was this like a year ago? No, I, I no, believe I because it, it said how the Everman I mean, doesn't die, yeah. so he's been around for a yeah. long time. The so catac- since the cla- cataclysm, and that, that was this like three hundred years ago, right. right? And I know yes. in the book it talks about him mm-hmm. saying, "I've died three hundred. So I or think I've been al- I've seen myself die over. So there's going to be a lot of listeners who right now are like, if I was just there, I could. Smackers. Straighten all these guys out yeah, right away, probably. but it doesn't matter. Um, so, <laughs> so, so here, here's what, what, I, what, I, what I took. What I took from this is that um, the cataclysm happened and all the gods went away, and we're here in the ruins of Tachesis's. Mm-hmm. And at first, we don't know it's Tachesis's. No, no, we have no idea. Palace, but this is the of or, or her temple, right? And he ends up stealing a green gem. So Barum is like. Because they're poor, like you said, Paul, yeah. uh, thinks, hey, if I steal the, just one gem, our life will be better. And so he does it, I guess, for the right reasons, but steals a gem from Tachesis's, uh, like this pillar, and and it ends up something weird happening. Stuff that we don't aren't really meant to know yeah. happen, right? Like she falls, she's bleeding, he's looking at her and yelling. And well, see, I, I I didn't get that she fell. I got that he pushed. Yeah, her. yeah, actually, yeah, no, yeah, yeah he pushed yeah, her. She, I'm I'm kind of going back to because yeah, she he was point. he was, yeah. and I like this scene here because he keeps going around to like the different gems and like trying to find one that's loose so he can pry yeah. it off. And she's tell and Jessel's telling him no, we we don't we don't know what's going on here. We don't want to actually do this. And I kind of looked at this as you know maybe kind of an original sin metaphor. Right. Yeah. I was, I, I was going to go back to that. I believe that this is some sort of... And I later on, when we get to this, I think actually mm-hmm. maybe in the next podcast, mm-hmm. yeah, there is definitely Com- some combined, Adam and Eve combined with, Combined with a Cain and Abel transposition Definitely there. Cain and Abel. She tells him no. He gets mad. He pushes her and kind of... And, you know, she I mean, falls. I, you know, I, I really... I went, I went less biblical. Biblical. I went less biblical. Uh, like what I said earlier, Smeagol. Because, um, like... You know, he's like, oh, I, well, I, well, I want this. I need this. You know, oh, I like that. Too. I, I want yeah. this for my birthday. Oh, you know, yeah. like kind of. Oh, okay, I get it. I get it. And he yeah. pushes her down and goes, oh, crap. See, and I, I was taking it more with what Claude was saying, that he is doing this for the right reasons. Almost like the serpent is like, hey, uh, you know, yeah, okay. eat, eat this apple yeah, and like you'll that. gain knowledge, like right? And he's like, oh, if I just steal this gem, my sister and I will prosper, yeah. right? Like, like it's this fall, this original fall. He kept talking about how he was going to use this gem for good. Even for good. Constantly, really, really, it was really, constant. This, yeah, this, this kind of comes around to like why I thought it was only like a year ago. Mm. Was I thought this released the gods? Oh, oh. Okay. Like, like, like whatever this, whatever this gem tower was, what what was what had them sealed away. Outside, but I mean that's, you know I guess what? That, that's not. I think I might be confusing storylines because the, the gods aren't sealed away; they just left. Yeah, you know, and I'm I'm unclear. I guess I'm not. I'm not sure yeah, on that. I don't know I, either. Either I do want to say, I needed this for I I was really glad when I first opened this book and saw that this was about Barum. Yeah, I was extremely happy because yeah. all. Oh, well, thank God that weird it, guy from freaking well, Volume One. Because <laughs> Volume One and they talked about him in Volume Two, yeah. where they, they it was always oh, mis- yeah, yeah, mysterious, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like, I don't remember him. Did I miss something yeah. super important? And why am I supposed and to remember I, him? I needed this, and it, gives, and, and it gives us the backstory about why he has the chest gem. Yeah, yeah, and why he can't die mm-hmm. and right. keeps coming back. But we, 
we go through here and I, you know, you guys are all siblings. Mm-hmm. You know, that that horrible moment of when you've pushed your sibling down and you're like, oh, yeah. God, don't cry. Mom yeah. will hear you. He kills his And so I can't, I can't even imagine this aspect of, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so, oh, God, you're dead. I just want to say right. I was the youngest. I was the only guy pushed down a lot. I was <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, and then we flash from yeah, here. The tallest guy here. <laughs> we, we flash from here to the deck of the Percheron, the, the ship, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and McQuesta, uh, the leader, the, the captain of that ship, says that he thinks He's around sixty or so, but has young hands and all this kind of stuff. Like and this, ta- is, this, is, this is still in the prelude. Yeah, because yeah. he's yep, steering yep. the ship and yeah, she's yeah, talking yeah. about this whole. And thing. Does it? Doesn't she refer to him kind of like making it sound like he's special too? Yeah, a yeah, little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. like is he mentally childlike? Or yeah, something right, like right. Yeah. They talk. I think somewhere in here, I don't remember if it's in the in this prelude or somewhere, but they talk about how people assumed he was a mute. Because he just yes, because he doesn't yes. talk, and I love this because if you're gonna set up a book, this is how you start it off. All Absolutely. kinds of mystery and weird dangling threads that we don't know about, but that are intriguing. That we yeah. go, oh, oh, where is this going? I'm instantly intrigued, instantly in to Dragons of Spring Dawning. I have nothing negative to say about this. Like my, the rubber has hit the road, and I'm ready to go. Hold on. Can we mark this as history? He does not have anything I have negative. nothing negative on, to on say. This, on this day, year <laughs> of Paladine, 2017. Astonis, write this down. Uh, okay. That's really good. I like that. <laughs> okay, so we're into book one, chapter one, Flight from Darkness into Darkness. Okay, like we said in our plot synopsis, Tannis is still an officer in Flotsam, uh, but we learn that Kitiara is away. And I, and I love this because I'm just seeing this like seaport town um, and he's kind of like coming down the stairs oh, this and there's this innkeeper oh, this and, and this so innkeeper good. says I admire a man that can keep her satisfied that long yeah <laughs> just back to like um, we're just into it yeah, there's no like, hey, remember that one time? Remember Tan- Module 22 yeah, when you hey. played it with your friends? Like, <laughs> remember that one time Tannis and friends got into a real hoodlum? <laughs> hoodlum? What? That's not a thing. I don't know. Got hoodwinked. But, I don't know. Tannis and friends got real hoodwinked down flat some. <laughs> yeah. No, we're just. Boom, you're in it. Now, yeah, let's you're, go. You're, you're yeah. in it, and it's dark, and it's raining, and it's right. brooding, and t- we we have a moment from Tannis here where. Oh crap! I I should probably go check on my friends. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, and I mean, and then he's. I've been having boot scenes for like four days. I've been going to check on my friends. And then I love all the stuff they set up. There's a draconian just kind of passed out on a table, but he's really not passed out. He's like really following Tannis, which I love. That okay? This is weird for me. I have a grape to pick with that. Ooh, he has been. Tannis has been with Kitty R for four days. She he at this point I feel like he should be way more paranoid because you know he found out that she was evil all of those things. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but it, if you walk around and you see somebody passed out, I would still be paranoid and go. I don't right. think they're doing much walking. It makes sense. Okay, Especially no, no, no. If a, a draconian. I'm saying a draconian. if he's walking around and he's leaving, mm. and there's a draconian, I would suspect any draconian at that okay. point where you are because mm-hmm. you're freaked out at that. But point. I don't really know I if mean, he's accepted that she's. She's she's the bad girl yet. I think she's just misunderstood and power hungry, and maybe I can turn her around. But I gotta oh. go talk to everybody else. Yeah, I, I, you think he's still in that denial phase where yeah. he's just like, I am. Uh, <laughs> you will always be in that denial phase. Yeah, if there's one thing that I never got a, a, quite a bead on ever reading these books mm-hmm. is is exactly what Tannis thinks 
fully about yeah, Kidiara and what he can do. It's left to your imagination what just, he's like, thinking. Like, oh, yeah, my, my, yeah. my first note for chapter one is, so we start out with Tannis having maybe switched sides? Yeah, right. I didn't know. Yeah, I'm like, right. well, I mean, it's we're in between books. I'm assuming it's been, you know, a long time. Like, man, he's still hanging out with Kidiara. What the heck's going on? Yeah. No, right. no, I, I really like that this is like, book two ended, Book three started. Yeah, yes, yeah. and we're, just, and we're, we're like, whoa, like just boom, we're in it. I, I, I agree I with all that. that. I did. I did almost feel with that aspect too that uh, the end of book, the end of volume two. Yeah, w- these are very close in publishing dates. You look at these two books. Oh really? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. These are yeah, very, they cranked them out fast. They just, so I, it quite literally might have been one long. They quite literally could have gone through one long book here and gone, okay, we're going to cut it here. You know, you know, I I would agree with you, Club, except that I do feel uh, that this second or this third book, uh, I'm going to say it now because this is going to be my thing throughout the entire book. This book is much better written than the other two. Uh, I I think the the level of prose in this is higher, and I am I'm gonna say that they had an editor on this one. Okay, that somebody yeah, went really, through really really. That that was yeah. Uh, like another one of my first thoughts in this book is like just the way it flowed right off yeah. the bat. Somebody looked this over. Like it yeah. wasn't just Weiss and Hickman. Other people got yeah. their hands on it, this it, it wasn't, it wasn't and, and finessed this Yeah, one. it wasn't Hickman in one room, you know, doing the modules, Weiss in another room yeah. doing the books, and, like, somebody maybe they had somebody just, in between the rooms with a whip going, make books faster. Well, like, yeah, you know, maybe they were able to talk more. Maybe they were able to spend time yeah, together more. Maybe. I don't know what happened, but this book seems like a different animal to me almost right off the bat. And so let's keep rolling with yeah, this. Right. Tannis walks down to the... He, he goes from the military hotel to the ramshackle hotel <laughs> at the rest yeah. of the parties. Right, right. But Sitting in for four days, going, I, "Where's Tannis?" I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for this because Tannis. I've hated that he is doing this to the party, and I'm ready for them to take him to task. Like, listen, jerkface, where have you been for the last four years? Four four days. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but I love this right off the bat when they walk in. Um, I'm getting kind of a little D and D things, but in a good way. Like, kind of the whole party. I know. What am Yo, I saying? What are you? I was gonna say this is. <laughs> wait, wait. This I'm is the one weird. with the fever, dude. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, sorry, Bob, I'm the one with the I'm sorry. sure you didn't pass But I love that he comes to the door and you have Raisin and Karamon working together. At just this one time, we've got them working together where like Karamon's going to ambush Tannis in the door and Raisin mm-hmm. is in the middle of getting ready to throw a spell. Yeah. Like they're ready oh, for this. This is going to like hurt. Yeah, yeah. Like, And I love the fact that they're setting up this ambush and the brothers are actually working together. It's kind of a nice little moment. And, and you can see though that this isn't the first time they've done this. I was gonna yeah, say, right, it seems exactly. like they've done this before, which is mm-hmm. what you would think they would have done. I yeah. feel like they should have done this a few other times because in the it's book, yeah. In the book, Caramon yeah. and Wrestling, they've been together for ever since they were born. They yeah. should have a bond of, okay, I know you do this really well. I'm going to do this. It's going to mess up their day. I like the fact that Raceland knows where that tennis is lying about Oh, where yeah. That was yeah. so cool. Yeah. So cool. I, I mean, and it instantly almost is jumping me to Raceland's side. I know I dogged on, on him in the first book, but I know I'm Tannis is my enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm far more That's for very clear, Bob. Yes. <laughs> and I don't understand why Tannis is lying here. Yeah. yeah. I don't get... Make an explanation. Yeah, you know, I was I was with the Dragon High Lord. We need to talk about this as a group right. because it's your sister. Mm-hmm. To me, they, they always say... Rather, that, than, rather than Tannis just being like, oh, no, I, I was captured. Yeah. Uh, they always say the best lies are the ones that cut the closest to the truth. That's and how that's I what, lie. Yeah, that's how I do. And maybe, maybe that speaks to who Tannis is, that he can't do that. Uh, 
Yeah, maybe. Okay, yeah, but like, see, he, just, get, like, he comes back, he's feeling so guilty. It's like, I don't even want to like talk about it because I'm just going to get flushed in the face and you guys are going to know something's wrong. You know what? I'm glad that you're saying that because that to me, I guess, is if I'm going to have a minor gripe mm-hmm. is that all of these characters besides Raceland are so uber... Lawful good. Lawful good. Yeah. That, yeah, that Tannis is going to maybe do that. And the rest of the party is just like, oh, yeah, we, oh, Tannis, you were gone for four days. Yeah, we miss you. Like, they're, yeah. they all just instantly accept them back, which I kind of like. Uh, and it justifies, you know, I guess the four days and why they're not, like, literally beating him to a pulp. But, uh, again, but, but I think they're all just really, so I mean, like, I would really, I would believe that more out of... I can't believe I'm using D&D lingo. Yeah, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're lawful good, yeah. yeah. I would I believe that more. <laughs> well, like, maybe, like, maybe, maybe to go back to D&D lingo, maybe that was his role. Uh, yeah, true. That was Tannis' role. But of, the entire party no. seems to be lawful R-O-L. good. Uh, the entire R-O-L. party besides Raceland. Yeah, it was, I, I would believe that of, like, Caramon and Raceland because they've been, they've known him for so long. Right, right. Goldmoon, Riverwind, I mean, I guess Tegan knows of him. She didn't hang out with him. Well, I mean, Tika's a, a bartender. You think somebody here has got, like, some sort of extra perception here going on. Like, I don't know if I buy what you're throwing down, Tannis. You know, as we've been sitting here yeah. on pins and needles for four days. I'd be pissed. You know, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. But, but yeah, whatever. but forget about the conversation. Because <laughs> Tannis is cranky, so it's bedtime. I was going <laughs> to say, that's, it went back to mopey, angry Tannis. Yeah, and I don't yeah, like yeah. mopey, angry Tannis. I, I need him. Yeah, and they, I don't like they ask him Hashtag emo Tannis. They ask him some questions, but... With a party like this, if the one person is gone for four days, I feel there should have been more questions. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And there's not not just always oh, crabby. Let's go to bed. Did they all just hang out in the hotel? Like what? Yeah, happened? I think so. I, yeah. I feel like I would have been mad. I yeah. feel like I would have had to go. I feel like Caramon or somebody. Caramon had the armor, didn't he? He could have walked out and kind of seen mm. what's going on around town. Oh, you know, Tannis had a good story, didn't he? Like, he was he was just captured and he just couldn't get away. If this was the last book, they probably would have started doing a circus act <laughs> to make some money. But they, they, they no, did No, no, if I remember correctly, Tannis had a good story and I think that's, like, why they're just like, okay, whatever, oh, Andy's mad. Yeah, right. So now we jump to Kitiara, upset Kitiara. I love yes. it. She's angry and strips naked and throws things. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I kind of... I, I love this idea of Kitiara in this book. Kitiara is, is written much better. And and I it leaves you to question. This entire book, my question is, what are we supposed to think of Kitiara? And I think it's up to everybody's interpretation. Mm-hmm. Is she mad purely in that childish way because Tannis disobeyed? Is it because she really loves him? There's all kinds of times in this book where it's like, does she does she really love him? Does she care about him? No. Whatever. And I think it's up to you to determine. Mm-hmm. I want to, I of course want to go with the, she's, She's in love with him and covering it over. I, I'm, you know, I'm okay, I want to put B- Bob. Really? I don't know. What? <laughs> I know. I know. I'm gonna hit it from the other end. I, I'm taking like it, it was uh, based off of what she said in the dream in Sylvanesti, which might not have been her. I guess I don't, yeah. even, I don't think we really ever know. We don't know. Um, I don't think she was, she that, was that, that. she's more along the lines of Raceland. Yeah. That you're just convenient right now. Yeah. Like, hey, I remember you. I remember and, liking you. Well, and think about the situation here. She just killed her friend. She just had the little standoff True, with, yeah. Lor- with yeah. Lorana. Maybe she just wanted to come back to the hotel, burn off a little steam, and Tannis <laughs> wasn't there. I-, I do like that scene with Kitiara, but we're on to pursuit. Uh, Tannis begs Maquesta to leave port early. 
Um, I love this part because I'm totally getting Han Solo from Aquesta. Yeah. Uh, yes. She has this big first mate that's a furry minotaur uh, who's been known to kill. I don't know, maybe rip draconians' arms out of their sockets. <laughs> she has a small, fast ship that can outrun the big draconian high lord ships, mind you. She's fast enough for you, half elf. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I, went, I, went, I never even got that, but that is so good. Yeah, I, yeah. I went with another fantasy. Once again, I'm a fan of the Wheel of Time series, so I went right back there with. Uh, I'm sure somebody will tell me I'm getting it wrong with the wind mistresses. Uh, the, I know, not one of you guys. We'll you guys, get to it when we cover it. Yeah, you guys <laughs> haven't read him, but, you know, just people that have always lived on the sea where they can outrun pretty much any other mm -hmm. ship. They know the they know the sea. They're, they're I mean, good. That's what I got. And yeah. usually women controlled the ship in their culture. So it was always, immediately I thought of that. Yeah, I, 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 I like Mac as a character. I like Mac as the strong as the strong woman right. character. I do too. I, I love that they call her Mac. I know, it's I love so that. Cool. <laughs> Captain Mac. Yeah. Uh, Tannis tells McQuesta that the Draconians are after Barum and and, and really all, all I'm g gathering from this is Tannis. I feel is just feeling guilty and just wants to run from. Wants to get out of there. Yeah, he wants to run from his problems. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not. He's not like really. I mean, he's Tannis. He is concerned about their safety, but that's not really. He has no reason to feel like they are in danger. He's right. just like, oh man, I really screwed up here, guys. Hey, let's get on the boat and get the heck out of here. Right. Right. Well, well I, I love the fact that when he tells. Um, Mac, when Tennis tells Mac his story about being captured by a High Lord, she's like, I don't care. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. She honestly, she's Han Solo. Is the I good? I don't good care, but you kind of look like crap right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. And we get out onto the Blood Sea of Istar. Wait, do you know what we get before that? Maybe before that, I don't know. At least in chapter two, anyway. Toad is still controlling the east and is still a dragon lord somehow. Yes, well, because blew we'll, my mind. By I'm the like, end of this hey. book, we'll find out what happens to him. But yeah, he's still around. Yeah, <laughs> we get a little bit of lore about Istar and the Maelstrom. I love this. Nice. Yeah. I love this lore about it, uh, yeah. about how the cataclysm happened and it sunk into the sea and that it's red because of. Uh, the sediment that comes out of it. I love all this stuff, and then there's a perpetual storm in the middle. It's good visuals, you know. I'm Definitely. again. I'm. I'm not going to ask how a whirlpool continuously sucks. Con yeah, I mean, I don't care. It's magic. It's, cool. it's, it's magic. magic. It's cool. Magic. magic. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. Although there, there is a story in one of the the tales volumes, Ooh. and there's a giant dragon in there beating its tail or so. I don't, don't ruin this for me. Just don't, don't ask. ruin this magic. <laughs> I am sticking with magic, and don't tell me anything yep, else. I'm just sticking with awesome visual for a movie, and uh, you know, I don't really care why it's happening. I, it's just cool. I hate to say it, a Dragonlance movie would not get the budget. And again, going going on going on. To this pursuit, I love this. Uh, the, the visuals are awesome, and then they're pursued by dragons. Like Kitiara is just jumping onto dragons. I'm coming after you. Um, so we, we're on chapter three now. I'm into chapter three. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit this on the head here. This illustration of Eben, yeah, awesome. is what I needed. Is Eben? Yep, Eben. Barum. I actually wrote down Eben. Oh, the well, guy okay. that he died with in <laughs> book one. That's okay. But yeah, no, it's like it really like gave me like because uh, I mean I was I was definitely picturing like big like Iron Man jam <laughs> in the gem. chest. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I wrote down Eben. Just the you know loaf of bread size. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I like, oh, like, like it, it, it hurts every time you cross your arms. Like I don't No, it was super <laughs> cool. This chapter actually blew me away. The action, the betrayal. Mm. This is the most I have ever liked Tannis and like it, it, like in the cabin. Whoa! whoa, whoa, whoa. I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I am. 
I don't know. Okay. And, even, and even Kit in this chapter, this is just, she's such a power-hungry monster. Yeah. I like, this chapter, I, I do, I do like, I, all of these away. chapters are running together really strongly for me, and I, I really like them. I like that Tannis is forced to admit that he lied. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, that, that is actually, I, I cut myself that, off there. Yeah. Him admitting that he was wrong. Yeah, I like that. That's where I like it. Yeah, I, I like that. And, and that's not making me like Tannis, but I'm liking the fact that he has to admit that he was wrong. Um, and we have... The only thing that does pop out, Karamon calls him a lame brain. And I... Oh, I must, when, I must have liked... When you're when I, you're in, like, medieval mode, and I know this isn't medieval times... You want a better insult. A better all right, all right, insult all right. should not Paul, be, like, lame brain. Paul, let's hear it. Uh, lame brain. <laughs> there you go. I got you guys covered. Yeah, that. That, yeah. that oh, insult sucked. I don't know. I don't know if that insult either. I need to think yeah. about it once. I like yes, the, yes, but it still hurt my feelings. <laughs> I like here that Raislin again, just sitting and kind of like you know watching Tannis's downfall. Like, ah, you finally failed, Tannis. Yeah, you the, know. And this I is like where this. you're really starting to connect with Raislin, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I, love that. yeah, I am liking. <laughs> Raceland better, especially someone he's like uh, the antagonist to the Tannis, which I hate. But uh, they go above deck because they're caught in this maelstrom, yeah. you know. Um, and so we're on to chapter four. My brother. My brother. Yeah, you need to be doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ten Farewell, my brother. Okay, Bruh. this is okay. This is all really strong for me, but this is just reinforcing for me my dislike of Tannis. This whole, like, oh, he's lawful good. And you were even saying it. Does he worry about the party? Is he just running from Kidiara? What's going on? And then we're in the middle of the whirlpool running from Kidiara, and he's looking over the edge just wishing for death. I, w I want Kermon to come over there and just punch him <laughs> in his little emo face. I can't stand how Tannis is constantly roller coastering. Hashtag Again, emo Tannis. I'm just yelling like, why are people following Tannis? Like, get, put him in the back of the line, let him cry, and follow Karamon. Or, you, for love of God, follow Raceland at this point. <laughs> do, do, you know, do you know how I know that I'm reading a book that I enjoy is that now... Like the story is going on. Yeah. And I have my own ideas. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like the story is strong enough for me to be like, why didn't you do this instead? And my yeah. idea is, you know, the party knows that the Queen of Darkness needs Barum. Right. Well, she needs Barum to conquer Kryn. Yeah. Uh, sacrifice yourselves for the greater good. Plunge the ship in the maelstrom, kill Barum, ruin the Queen's plans. So you well, think he's wishing for death because he wants to kill Barrow? No, no, that's what I'm thinking they should have done if oh, they're really good. Yeah. Two problems with it, like immediately after finishing the he's chapter. Um, Mac would never stand for this, first of all. Yeah. And Barum has died before, and he just comes back. I don't yeah. know. You guys discuss. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the reason yeah. he's the reason he's wishing for death too is I, w I wanted an about face here from Tannis. I oh. wanted I wanted it not to go into. Oh my god! I guess I'm just like all the other guys she's taken to bed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want. I want. I, I wanted a. Oh, screw her! Yeah, yeah. we're going yeah. after yeah. her now. I know, but you're gonna have to wait like two books within the volume to yeah. get that. Yeah. Well, and this is. I, I feel sometimes where this book feels teenagerish yeah. is that these personal relationships. It's like you are caught in the middle of something un unbelievably epic, where, where you know, saving Kryn, and you have all of these friends who just love you unconditionally and they're following you around and stuff and you're constantly 
just mired in this little self-pity party. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I feel like somebody in this party should be able to recognize that and be like, okay, we're done with you, Tannis. You need time to fix yourself. <laughs> you, know, you know? I don't and, know. And Bob, I will say, though, we go from that to all of a sudden Mad Barum. And yeah. the writing for yes. the writing for Barum losing oh, wow, wow, wow. his stuff and taking control of the ship. And, and dro- steering it right into the mail. Driving it into the storm. I love that. I yeah. love the mind pictures that come out of here. Yeah, I, I I do love that too. And this is where the, our opening came from, where they go below, and Rayson's going to use the dragon orb. Um, and, and and I do love this whole part. I I love all the lines that yeah, are dropped, yeah. the callbacks, the, the other the brothers will always give me the feels. Oh, I love yeah. it. I love I love this entire but uh, but Tannis. Again, during this part, I can't stand this because Tannis, instead of instead of taking it on himself, like Karaman, me and you are both going to rush him or whatever, he's just sitting there like ordering Karaman to do it, betting it all on the fact that Raceland won't kill his brother. Yeah, and hey, he's sitting there like just kind twist, of... Raceland don't give a crap. Yeah, yeah, but if you stand back and go, Tannis won't even... He, again, he can't do anything. Uh, again, he's like ordering it, and I know you can stand well, back I mean, and go I mean, like, okay, but he's thinking that Karaman won't get hurt, and but what, I'm what not he, buying he, any of this. It's not heroic. None of the stuff Tannis is, gonna, is what doing is, he is heroic. Do, though, what is what is he going to do? Like, say he does rush Raceland, takes him out. So then, this, then, then what? Now Raceland, you're dying with us too. Yeah, but I'm not but saying. Like, what does it accomplish? But I'm not saying that he should take out Raceland. Why? Right? Raceland is stop like, him from saying what he's going to say. Right? Like he's telling. Kar- okay. Okay. Yeah. So what's yeah. he going to do? Just, he's telling Karaman to do just it. He's, yeah. he's yeah. telling Karaman to do it. Like why won't you do it? Like if this were a heroic. I mean, movie, maybe maybe Karaman knows how movie. to do it. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Karaman knows how to take him down without like. Killing him. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would. Yeah, be, I would be afraid to hit. I feel though that we're giving you're giving the book you're giving the book too much credit here, and I feel like t- I mean like if you were to write a heroic scene between your three heroes where one is going bad and leaving everybody else, the two others should be, and especially your leader, your lawful good leader, should in some way be doing something that also includes him in that heroic action, yeah. not ordering. The other okay. guy to go on. Okay. It's kind of like, hey, he just threw a grenade. Uh, there, there you was, jump on it. There was just something about you know. Tannis here where he's his guilt like brought me over to his side. I, <laughs> I, I, I get it. He betrayed his friends that mean everything to him. Just like in a moment of like, I'm gonna be selfish for a little bit. And I'm just gonna go have my own boot scene real quick. <laughs> um, I get it. I get it. He was selfish for like, well, I, for four days. I mean, mind you, but. He was selfish for a figurative second, and it just everything just went to crap. It's like, man, can, you, can I just not get a break? I get that. Uh, hey, I totally get I, that. Uh, and don't forget who's still here. Who? Goldmoon. Oh wait, yeah, Goldmoon, yeah. 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 Goldmoon, Gold, Goldmoon, and Tika, Riverwind, Tika. They're all still the here. Three that are just but, and, wait, and who's with child? But 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 just. Oh. But I, it's funny. Rayson pulls a dagger at the end of this, and uh, in my notes, I just said. I just put stab him, Raceland. <laughs> wow. I've gotten to this wow. part. I have gotten to this you, part with Tannis that I'm just like, hey, Raceland, I'm I'm putting on the black robes. Just stab him well, in the neck and, and thank, let's get going. And thank goodness for Mac because we're all in this little weird thing below deck and all of a sudden we have Mac. Going, um, guys, guys, come back up here. Yeah, yeah. And comes back up there. Yeah, I, I, I do like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and is it me or did anybody have like a weird like picture of Raceland like almost like happily bouncing up the stairs to go back. There's there's just this with a couple of these weird comments and a couple of these things that come out where he's like, oh, I almost got to stab him. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I've been waiting to kill that jerk for a long time. <laughs> so, so Rayson uses that dragon orb, poof, disappears, and then they're all back up on the top of the ship. And this is where we get all kinds of exposition. Like, Tika is pining over Karamon and her love, and Tannis screams about how he let them all down, and it would be better off if he were dead. I totally agree. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm then agree there's this big, that. long heart-to-heart with Rivergold Lovejoy. Like, all of this kind of stuff where she's trying to bring him back to the light and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Um... I, I don't mind this stuff, but underneath it all, I'm going, how is there time for all this exposition? Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. You are on a boat getting sucked I, into I, a maelstrom. Yeah, no, I, I actually, I, I have to, like, actively <laughs> not think about what's dismiss the whirlpool maelstrom. It's a big, it's a big maelstrom. Yeah. It takes you a long time to circle the yeah. game. <laughs> I don't, well, but I mean, like, you're going to have to do a couple of laps before you get yeah. used to like, it. I mean, like, I don't... I don't like, if don't, anybody no, doesn't no. agree with me on this, I challenge you listeners, go pull this part up, because I did this. <laughs> um, go pull this up and imagine you're, you're, like that scene from Pirates of the Caribbean where they're all going okay. down that, yeah, that yeah, big yeah. thing, and they're just shouting at each other, take everything they say here and just shout it across the deck of a ship at each other. It will be the most farcical scene you have ever seen. Wow. It's just ridiculous. I, I okay. just want to say something, and I haven't said it before. Yeah. It's a D&D thing. What? Three? You, yeah, okay. Because a one turn generally in D&D is six seconds. Yep. That six seconds can be eight people all having a conversation, and depending on your DM, that can last a solid, it can I be will, a solid I will, I will, like I will 30. adamantly disagree with you. This DM sucks. <laughs> you, do I not, agree. you do not have I that agree. much time. You should have the timer going, but what kind of D and D games are you playing it where a ship is getting sucked down a toilet bowl and you guys are as a group are talking about each other's love? Okay, not <laughs> that. But I'm saying the long conversations no. it can happen. Stare, I, yeah, it over, shouldn't. And Tan is staring over the deck again, going, "Kill me." <laughs> I'm just going to jump. I'm going to do it. What is the this point? Sucks. You're going to die in 5.2 seconds. Why are you going to jump? Well, because then yeah. we wouldn't have gotten the exposition yeah, about how suicide is I, I, forbidden I'm gonna by else. I'm going to say something good about Gold Moon. What? Yeah. Besides, she's hot. What? Well, I, 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 I don't <laughs> she's know. She's also preggers at this yeah, point. She yeah. is pregnant. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. The pregnancy gives her and River Moon relevance again. It's true. They're yes. not just here because Gold Moon... Is a cleric of Mishakal, and I guess that matters still. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Which it doesn't. Can, can we bring that up? That really. I mean, what has this done? I'm sure there's other books about it. But yeah, Probably. she became the entire first book was her becoming that. It hasn't seemed to have done anything. Yeah. They haven't even met somebody who said uh, who's helped them out and been like, "Hey, uh, remember when you converted me to you know Mishakal?" Uh, I, I actually. I'm, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read you verbatim what I've written down. Yeah. Uh, they have a reason to live outside of the old gods that are just talked about a little. <laughs> yeah. Right. I was gonna say, are, do they talk about Mishikal very much? After no, I, I no. can't. No, I can't a, little, a little bit, a little bit in this one. Okay, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's because uh, she like like touches Tannis's arm and whispers words of Mishikal. It's like what the. F- okay. Yeah. Well, and but, then because you know 
And then we get to the yeah, all of a sudden Kitty Ara is there flying over the yeah. maelstrom. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I do have written down here because I just got to throw this out there. Just one more zing before I go back to my love of this book. Yeah. Um, but it, but I'm like, so while they're having all this like fatalistic uh, talk on the deck, I'm like, well, couldn't our heroes be proactive? Oh wait, they're not those kind of heroes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I've, to me, you go down on the ship like with some even stupid idea of like, hey, we're gonna tie this rope here and throw this out, and God, Caramon, grab this, and we're gonna. You know, you go, you don't say die, but these guys just continuously say die all the time and just I don't just care. I just want to die. My, you my, even have your leader wanting to throw yeah, himself. My, my, my last note for this chapter is, Oh, Karaman, my heart, it aches for you. <laughs> yes. It does. Yes. It yes. does. Something about Karaman at the. I mean, like, he is just. He has the right suicidal tendencies in this chapter. <laughs> for real. I mean, like... Oh, yeah, my other half just noped the heck out of here. Yeah, I, I, I mean, like, yeah. he, he's been a real jerk before. Yeah. And now he's just, like, reaffirmed it, and now he's left me here to die. Yeah. These are the suicidal tendencies in this chapter that I can get behind. Yeah. I mean, so we have, like, so we're left kind of with Tannis sobbing about the fact that Riverwind's pregnant because I guess he feels bad of what he got him into. Then they oh, said, Kitty, yeah, Kitty Ara shows up just as they're dropping into the maelstrom and takes Barum. And then suicidal Tannis decides to try to save him. <laughs> like,. You're suicidal. You're just going to end it all. You're going to try to save Barum, I guess because you want to save Kryn, but who cares? You were just suicidal. And then, then Tannis is weeping, and then he wants to die, and then he... I don't. I just don't care anymore. Like, Tannis, just go down this maelstrom. I hope he hits his head, and everybody else makes it. But you know what? Chapter 5. Ah, chapter 5. We five. meet Astinus, Ch the historian. Chapter 5. We've been going around a maelstrom for the last... <laughs> 15 pages. <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's, let's talk about a guy a library. writing a book. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I will tell you, this is a breath of fresh air. It's jarring when we get it this, is. this Astinus, this mage. But Astinus of Palanthos, uh, he sits and writes histories uh, into his, all these books, right? I love this chapter. I thought it was kind of weird. Yep, I'm with Luke. It is weird, one. and that's why I liked it. Okay. I, guess. I liked it because I went to this whole, like, are we, are we in the DM's head now? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I, don't I instantly know, we were, know there's uh, something with this guy. Yeah. Because he's sitting and right. It's almost like you're pulled out of the world almost, mm -hmm. and you're in this weird calm where he's just writing yeah, everything. I don't know. It's, it, up, up until this point, in, in volumes one and two, the, the the mysterious components of the of this series yeah. have really just confused me. And like so it's starting to confuse me. I'm like, okay, there's going to be some weird twist here, and I'm not seeing it coming. Yeah. I don't know. But actually, when we find out about it, I'm okay with it. Like yeah. this, this actually pays off. But like initially, I'm like, uh, what? No, that that's yeah. pretty much what I put in we, my yeah, notes we, right off the bat. Was just kind of, who is this guy? Have I? <laughs> yeah. We, I personally, I'm very bad with names. So when they put a name down, I went, have I heard of this guy? Was I supposed to know this guy? Ah, shoot. Yeah, well, okay. and I got this whole, you know. Um, Greek, Middle Eastern, you know, yes. the fates writing the story of the world. Right. And I, I, aspect to it, especially when they do make some com when we, we get some comment here from uh, Astinius about the cataclysm, and it, he makes some weird comment about, oh, yeah, like I spilled my, I spilled a lot of ink on that one. Like yeah, almost, yeah, like, almost yeah. like he's writing history yeah. and like nicked the bottle and the bottle of ink fell on the page and that's why the cataclysm happened. Right. And oh. I'm, 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 I, yeah, and I'm trying, I'm trying to get a beat on him. I love what he says here. He says this one thing about how I am the world, as you well know, old friend. So he, he, he knows Raceland. He calls Raceland old friend. Yeah. I mean, and he says, I am the world, old friend. I instantly 
know that there's something more with this guy, and I'm instantly like, okay, Raceland is yeah. something else. Yes, yeah, so yes. Back, back you know. just a little, little bit. <laughs> okay, really uh, yeah, yeah, Raceland had, this is where Raceland teleported. Yeah, he came and, and he is in rough shape. He did not oh, yeah. do this correctly, or yeah. the Dragon Orb like yeah. totally like goofed him. Um, he's on the steps. He's bleeding from the mouth, but I feel like that's normal for him. I don't know. He's on the steps. They bring him in. Uh, he, he needs to talk to Astinus, and they're like, "Well, he'll talk to you when he has time." Yeah. And Raceland's like, "I'm dying, dude. Yeah, like let's. We gotta go now." <laughs> All right. Um, and did you catch the eye quote in here? The eye quote. Raceland looks at it. Um, at Aston. Aston. Oh, yeah, Aston. yeah. And he's not dying. Like, yeah. everything Raceland looks at, right. he's not full yeah, life, yeah, 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 yeah. life thing. I'm instantly... E-Y-E-I. Yes. Yeah. And it should, it should be said, all comments about this book that I know I'll, I'm going to make will be as if I don't know anything about what's coming or what has been written to other mm. places. Just, yeah, my, no, I'm, feel, I'm, yeah, just reading, my feelings yes. at the time yeah, as I'm, I'm reading, reading you through my notes this. As, at the time. Yes. Uh, yeah, so we're in kind of just the present without anything that we may or may not know. And I'm instantly going, okay, so he's a god. Like, I'm instantly thinking, he is one of the gods. We know there's lots of them on Kryn, and I'm thinking, he's a god, because he even says, I sit with my hand on the sphere of time, the sphere you made for me, old friend, and I've traveled the length and breadth. And, like, he keeps talking about himself as if he's timeless and everything. A lot of the illusions that come up almost sound like almost biblical, again, Alpha Omega kind of things. I'm like, okay... He is a god. I did. I, I, he is a I, god. I, I kind of at this point in the book, that's kind of where I was. But I yeah. kind of because he seemed to be familiar with Raceland, but Raceland was had no idea who he was. Right. I thought maybe he had a similar like you know like rebirth or yeah. something okay. or, or whatever happened to Raceland. I, 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 can I say that I and I don't think this is a spoiler mm -hmm. really. Uh, this is the part when I'm like, R Raceland is Vistendantilus. Is that what you think here? Yes. I don't know what to think here. That's instantly yeah. what I thought. The, okay. These... Because he has been toying with this for two books, and then now we know that he is old. Now this old god-ish character mm -hmm. is recognized him. Instantly, I've made, I make the connection. I assume... He is Fissadab. I, I had been assuming this. I, had su I assumed we weren't on Kryn anymore. Oh really? I assume oh, I went yeah, with yeah. some like you know, some weird like you yeah. know, Mount Olympus okay. purgatory That's type cool. deal. Yeah, yeah, okay. I like that. Yeah. I never yeah. thought of it that way. No, yeah. I, I didn't. I, um, that should I, be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a little cooler. Yeah. Um, no, no, I, I am thinking um, that these two are reborn all the time together. Oh, okay. And that is just <clears throat> like Astinus's turn to bring Raistlin into the world. Oh, interesting. Okay. Then Astinus will die and Raistlin will do the same. Like that. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But you know what? This book has tricked me. Yep. I, I didn't see Silvara being the dragon. You know what, you guys? I am... We're just starting this podcast here. Yeah. This will not happen often. Right, yeah. I'm not tricked a lot. Yeah, right. I can usually see stuff coming like a yeah. mile away. Right. Um, Astinus is a good mystery. Um, I, a lot of this in these books are either good mysteries or they're poorly written mysteries right. to, the, to the point where I can't like predict that. And I think this speaks to, again, what we were talking about, how this book seems head and shoulders to me above the other two definitely is yes. that we are coming to a chapter like this and all three all th the three of us who have said what we thought of this have completely different interpretations yeah. and they're all really cool see <laughs> you know now i'm gonna jump in with this yeah with mine the way he was writing everything I, I don't know maybe this is corny i went to uh the christmas tale 
the mm. past, the future, and the present. Mm. Mm. And immediately I was like, okay. No, that's good. That's not he is, that's good. He is the present. There will be a future and there will be a past later on where it is. Whoa. That is what I Asked, thought. Asked us what a device. Yeah. <laughs> actually, but you know, that, not, that is immediately, because he was writing, I think, when in the first part of the chapter, he sits there talking about how, uh, about what he was writing. And that is what immediately and made you know me think what? about it. That's brilliant, Paul. And you know why? Is because from the annotations... Weiss says that one of her favorite books yes! is really? Charles yeah. Dickens' A Christmas Tale. I don't Carol. have the annotated version. Need to put it out. Carol. Oh, sorry. 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 Christmas English Carol. Christmas, oh, yeah, a Christmas yes. story you shoot your eye out. Sorry. <laughs> wrong one. Yeah. That's probably one of the things that was floating in her stew while that, she was writing Yeah, because okay. that was immediately what I thought. Yep. So we go through here. We have this... Um, yeah, ask this. Asnus allows Raceland to read about like 90% of the books that he needs to. Yeah. Raceland starts dying, throws a magical temper tantrum, <laughs> and and then he kind of dies at the end of this chapter. I'm putting it in quotes. Yeah, right. After, after, really he's pled, he's uh, yeah, after he's pled yeah. with Lunatari and the dragon arm to try to get like some final life out of him to finish what he needs to do. And you know what? I wrote this down when I read this chapter. I'm not falling for this. <laughs> Dragon Lance, yeah, because you have killed people and not actually killed them. Yeah, right. And yeah, it's no. just your track record is ruined at this point. And this is like this is very important. Like, you can't just like Marvel DC kill yeah. people and like, well, was there a body? Yeah, like, right. oh, you can't do that. Yeah, no, you and I never, I never thought from this well, that he was. And gone. so, th so that happens. We're going to Astinius, Astinius leaves, and yeah, chapter six. We're into Flint and Tad. All of a sudden. Wait, okay, I guess we're not in purgatory. Yeah. We're actually in a real city. Yeah, it's so a yeah. real city called Palanthas, <laughs> and Flint and Tass are there with Lorana, who uh, tasks them with checking the fortifications. Yeah. Um, Yay. I yeah. love these guys. Yeah. I, I love these guys. I'm going to get just hijinks as they yeah. bumble around Palanthas. It's a lot of fun. Well, it's, uh, a great it's a great excuse for a data download here, as Taz is wandering around the city. It's true. Absolutely. It is true. Yep. The yep. Tass and Flint, they're always yeah. the data download. Yeah. It's just boom. You know, yeah. and I really do. I do love that, you know, Tass, I guess, saw Raceland at the library. Yep. yep. <laughs> like, yeah. So, like, I mean, it really does bring it back to reality. Yeah, like, stuff yeah. that goes gravity. I mean, yeah, like, somebody um, else is seeing it from their point of view. It's cool. It's cool. Um, yeah, I know. I know. It's totally, totally cool. Like, it just, it, just, it brings it back. And he's like, hey, hey, that's my friend. That's my friend. And they're just like, get out of here. And they shut so the we, door. We've got big things coming. So let's flash through some yes. of this uh, Palanthas stuff. But uh, uh, Lorana is meeting with Amalthus, the lord of Palanthus, and the city is described as beautiful with all these round streets so aligned with the eight uh you know like compass points and stuff so it gives you that kind of like hey we're flying over the city this is you know all of our next part uh, chapters are going to deal with this city this is what you should have in your mind when yeah, taz wanted to do a tower out. that's going to come into play later yeah yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah. setting everything up we're yeah, just yeah, setting yeah, up all of the I did, I, did, I did think like you know when they're like they're going there and like everybody's really scared and I'm like, oh my god, there's a dragon in town. This town has dragons in it. No, it's just a tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But I like this okay. tower. And then Asinus arrives and tells the story of this tower mm. and why it's kind of all locked up and everything's kind of dead around it and everything. Uh, and and I like I like this whole whole thing. Yeah, right? we, we get a we get, well actually. Do you want it? We should hit this up though, right? The leaders of men feared magic, kind of back. In I, the you know what? Actually, what I, what I have written down here is. Um, Ast Astonis shows up, and we get the same history lesson about the tower. 
we've already gotten this hit. This is true, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I actually, yeah. I was pretty mad while I was reading this. I'm like, you're wasting my time on this. Like, this, yeah. this is the stuff I don't want. Right. When, when, like, Volume 3 takes place four days after Volume 2. Yeah. Like, who is reading I, I, this without reading anything Yeah, who's else? like, oh, yeah, oh my god, <laughs> Volume 3? This is a good spot to jump in. Yeah. No, no, no. We already know. Don't waste my time reading this. You know what? The only thing that came out of this chapter that jumped out at me is that they talk about how when that dark mage jumped and his cloak got caught on the on the, that, that on was, the tower. That was talked about. Yeah, before. which is cool. That the cloak is still there. And I'm oh, like, okay. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Like the sails yep. back in Tarsus, fabric and crin never deteriorate. I, you know what? I, just, I left that up to magic. Forever. That one I just left up to magic. Where is yeah, I know. Okay. I'm just trying to find what, something what about dumb the ship to throw up. What? <laughs> the ship's, ship's sails are magic? Uh, they are now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You do not get to retcon that. I don't get to retcon They're like ships from Peter Pan. It's, hey, let's leave it up to the magic of the Temple of Ishtar here. Yeah, right. Ishtar. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, ish. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're on a chat. I like that they're, they're, are we going to, we, yeah, Flint and Taz have all kinds of discussion. Let's just yeah, we're, it's good. Hey, yeah. it's a town, it's old, there are a bunch of, there are a bunch of wizards that, yeah. I, mean, I mean, I will, I will like, just, yeah. Flint I, says he never liked Kitty I always thought she was a stone. Nice. <laughs> like, I, Flint with the sick Flint. burns. Yeah, yeah, I like I, it. Was, I, I, I do really like what they talk about about the city you know it, it's really it was a it was a city that was built on like practicality like we need walls and stuff yeah. and they're like no walls are ugly and we yeah. want to be pretty yeah. and then like they started building this town that's just like totally impractically totally impractical to like defend right I, oh I and like you know that. what and there is a part in here that again big fixes for me that you know i've been just railing against is this chapter even though it's a data dump and download it gives me huge scope as yeah. to what's yep. going on. It's yep. like Lorana says that she only has a handful of knights in the High Claris Tower, and she has about a thousand on the walls of Palanthas. The dragons are heading their way. Oh, she crap. Did, she, this was like blew up, blowing my mind as I'm reading, and I'm, she's like, she's discussing plans and bringing in reinforcements, and I just have, God, oh. this is what we should have gotten all along. And I'm like, she is a leader. She yeah. is planning with people in a city. She's talking about fortifications, mm. and I'm like, this is real. This is this is like this is like actually what people being attacked by dragon highlords oh, would wait. do. Just would do. Uh, yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> and then dragons show up, and it's kind of a fake out. They're silver, <laughs> and and so they're the good ones. The good ones have come. We know it was a good chapter. Um, I like it. I chapter. liked it. I, I have at the end. It's about time, Weiss and Hickman. Like by the end of this, I'm on my high horse. But you know, I overblew the fact that I'm really railing against. Like I'm mad at Tannis, and I don't. Like like the fact that they have huge exposition while a ship is going down but in reality while reading all this that's very minor to me and mm-hmm. up until this point i'm just like this is what? head and shoulders above anything i've read so and, and and it sets the stage for oh hey we're gonna get another fight here yeah, we're gonna yeah. Get another epic yeah. long-written yeah. fight let's fight some dragons yes yeah. oh wait they're good <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. No, uh, chapter seven, I, I thought was a really great chapter. Uh, Lorana's named General of the Knights, right? Silvara talks about how there's this oath with the silver dragons made with Dekesis that they won't bite. Lorana is named Knight of the, of the Knights of Salamnia. Oh yes. I have no problem with this. Dang it! I wrote that down! <laughs> what? Bob will have a problem with something. Bob you will know, have something. What? Should she be a lady of Salamnia? No, I just. I, I just you're thought, right, I, I you're just right thought, Luke. Women can be knights. 
in the oh, high no, clearance no, no. in That's the high totally clearance tower in the high clearance tower I had this issue that in the heat of battle Tannis had handed off leadership to Lorana yeah. and I'm like why so yeah. this elf woman just shows up with a couple lances that you don't even care about using and you're gonna all follow her you know but you kind of brought me around well, to why that happened and at this point I am just so overjoyed that there's why do I keep saying plans <laughs> when I talk about this? But there's either you know, well, what's going on. I'm okay with this. Hey. And Paul, what were you going to say? I will say she's proven herself too at yes. this point. Where yes. and she, when she is named, what is it, Commander Golden General? Golden General, right? She goes, oh, it's political. You know what? I liked that. That was her first instinct. Not to well, bring it back. Why, why do we? Why every time we do this though? And I understand, and I understand that sexism is real. I yeah, understand yeah. it's something that exists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you always gotta have the one douchey guy, <laughs> our Sir Patrick here, who's like, well, I'm not working for a women. They don't belong. <laughs> women don't belong in the military. It's 1985. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can go back to that conversation. It's 1985. Lorana's got on yeah, no, her no. suit coat with uh, shoulder pads. <laughs> her, her golden, her pants golden suit, suit coat. Pants her golden suit. Better get on a dragon. No, I get, and that's a statement probably I mean, trying I mean, to be made. I mean, really, yes. I, I'm, I'm yeah. really enjoying this chapter. The only thing, like, the, the Amethyst, Astinus names... Are really uh, Malthus and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a little Malthus, bit too close. Yeah, it, no, but, it's oh my god. But I do want to just I would, like I would be reading. It, I have to go back. And like oh wait, 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 wait. I do want to finish out just with my thought on the yeah. you know that you you were talking about the High Clarice Tower and stuff. I guess in a way to bring everything like I always do back to Star Wars. It's kind of like well, I guess this did happen. So this might be a problem with Star Wars for me. Is that leadership be dropped off to Luke, who's just brand new, right? In that yeah, first, in the yeah. first battle, right? Like, why would you trust him? But then after taking out the Death Star, yes, he would be a leader, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, so that's how it is here with me. Like, okay, well, she did win the battle of the High Clarice Tower. They would make her the leader. Like, yeah. she's the only one at the credit. Well, and let's not yeah. only make her the leader of the knights, let's make her the leader of all of the freaking armies. Yeah, right, right. I'm going to yeah. give them, this is, the, they're give me. I'm going to give them this, and I'm just, I guess, just going to go with it and not be a, yeah. well, I can't believe I'm saying I'm not going to be curmudgeonly about this. I like <laughs> Yeah, you know, you know I, I really, even, even with the, the name confusion, I didn't really mind this quote-unquote Senate scene. Mm -hmm. Because stuff was actually happening. And it's you know, quick. You know, they're, they're naming a general. It's quick. Yeah. I mean, the, the Lord of Palanthas is kind of funny to me. He's kind of, like, goofy. Right. I don't know. I liked it. Yep. Well, I love I this. And I love this, what we hear about these dragon eggs. About Sil Silvara talking about this. Oh, that yeah. The silver dragons chapter. made made a, 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 a pact with Tachesis that they won't attack her, right? She stole their eggs, mm -hmm. right? And then Asinus gives us this whole story um, about Gilthanus and Silvara's, Silvara's journey to sanction and capture by the High Lord Ariacus. So this is the first time where we get kind of a, a new High Lord bad yes. guy, Ariacus, who tortured them. Uh, they escape, and there's this cool volcanic temple, and they discover silver dragon eggs that are being like used to hatch draconians. Right? Which this was this was so like weird alien to me that oh, yeah. I loved it. I, it was yeah. alien to me. It was so totally good. alien, and I loved it. I did. I, love I, I, I didn't see any bit of this coming. I'm like, I'm like, not well, at all. Like, well, draconians are just a race on this world. Mm -hmm. No, no, they are yeah. like perversions of life. Yeah, I know. I loved it. All of that, I absolutely loved. Um, and I love the fact that we actually get like plans. Yeah. In in, in this in this part, um, uh, let's see. I I had this written down, and maybe I yeah. Um, 
This is what Lorana's plans are. She hoped to secure Vingard Keep first, freeing the prisoners and slaves held there. Then she planned to push on south and east, driving the dragon armies before her. Finally, she would catch them between the hammer of her troops and the anvil of Dargard Mountains that divided Salamnia from Eastwell. Like, I'm just reading this going like, yeah. Wait, they, yeah. they can actually think about yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, if this were Tannis here, he'd be like, oh, forget this. Oh, um, or, give me one dragon lance. I'm going to run into the <laughs> the temple. Yeah, I don't know. But this, to me, is just fantastic, and I'm loving all of this. I, I would agree entirely. On, honestly, in this last chapter that we were talking about, chapter 8, I believe, right? Uh, the yep. Oath of the Dragons. I liked how dark it was. Yeah, oh, once dark. again. Definitely. Every time they go dark, I, I tend to enjoy it. Yeah, evidently, you every time they go dark and weird and talking yeah. about like the weird chanting over the dragon eggs and the draconian bodies slithering out. Yeah, no, I, it's it's very atmospheric and I love it. Uh, Gilthanus, though, comes and talks privately with Lorana and tells her that he overheard Kitiara talking with Ariakas about her love affair with Tanis and how she wants to promote him. And... It's weird. I am now liking Lorana so much that it actually is hurting me to read Lorana being pained so much by this. In fact, I even wrote, it's like watching Jennifer Aniston and all of the men that have treated her like crap. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally behind that. I'm totally behind that. <laughs> I just have I, I just I just have Brad Tannis can go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Where's 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 the Ross for this? Where is the for Ross? this Rachel? Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Why are you pining over Tannis? Uh, from this point on, I will now refer to him as Tanass. Okay, so just so you. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. Um, I I agree. I agree, Bob. I agree completely with you here. Whoa, Bob, I, really? I'm actually. Well, the whole story that Gilthanis tells her and talks to her about is, you know, I got. It's the weird like. Hey, you know your ex-boyfriend's evil and gonna kill us it's all. It's horrible. It's like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> maybe and he's trying to cut her off. From, maybe he knows she's constantly pining over Tannis and is trying to make. Well, that. he was never comfortable with. Yeah. With his uh, with their half elf elf love, anyways. Right. Like he's probably trying to drive that wedge. Like, hey, yeah, stop, yeah, yeah, yeah. stop pining over okay. him. We have a war ahead of us, you know. So, and I, but I love the fact that she's that after he she sends him away, she does just she's like, I'm done. I'm done talking about this. And then we have this quick moment at the end of the chapter where she's like, well, I got armies to lead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you know what we, we do get um, here in chapter eight is uh, this little nod. And I, I just, I'm really, I'm holding on to this is that, that these books were written by Astinus. Oh, I don't know if you. I don't oh, know if you yeah. I, I thought that. From, I thought that from the time we were going, from the time we met him. Oh no, I. I it was oh, just. I didn't. I it's because of uh, this page here. The following is an excerpt from the Chronicles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did. Like, I thought oh, that from right the time. I, I thought that from the time we met him. And again, yeah, no, I like an annotated uh, version that was in different colors for who. <laughs> yeah, I want to know who wrote is, what. Is, yeah. Who is he? Is that yeah. is that is it uh, Weiss or is it Hickman? Yeah, I think I think I think at this point it's 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 Weiss. Yeah, oh, I don't, yeah, I don't they, know. They, they've don't split. Know. They've done ones doing it, uh, the modules, ones doing the books. It's just yeah. different. Yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. But yeah, I don't know. Um, We're moving on to probably one of my favorite chapters. Chapter 9. Let's just chapter, yeah, yeah, But let's, again, let's, we get the spoiler title. Yeah. Victory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I guess we're going to win this battle.
So I want to get into chapter nine because this is probably my favorite chapter out mm. of all of them. Right. It focuses on dragon battles mm-hmm. and Tass and Flint just being complete idiots on a dragon. Yeah, oh, I loved this. And mm-hmm. give, you know, give me shiny dragons any day. Oh, absolutely. I completely went to I completely went to uh, Pokemon here for a, <laughs> just a split second. I'm like, oh, the shinies have showed up. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I am giving Clob a look right now because he doesn't understand Pokemon. I don't, <laughs> no, I don't know anything about it. I just I just know Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love uh, it. So they have the, so Fla- Taz and Taz great. and Flint have their dragon, Kirsa, also named Fireflash. Um, we yeah. get this huge info dump on how dragon lances are mounted and how dragons are flown, and and I like this. Like it, it's a, a neat visual of like, okay, so how do you mount this? La- We've heard about these dragon lances. Mm-hmm. Everything's called dragon lance in this this world. So how do you use them? I, I like this. I, this I, is a cool idea. I also love the sarcasm that they gave the dragon. You yeah. know, up yeah. until now they've either been evil or. Really good, or this, crazy, or crazy, or PTSD dragon. This one is just sarcastic. It's just, mm. oh yeah, do yeah. this. You know, I love that. But I, I, I kind of came across with. Are you talking about the sarcasm in when the uh, when Fireflash is talking to Flint and Tad? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And see, I took, but I took that as like playful. Yeah. Yeah, like it's playful, playful sarcasm. Not, it's playful sarcasm because I guess I'm the one that has to deal with the dwarf and the and the kender. Yeah, yeah like absolutely. they're putting them on my back. Yeah, I know I love yeah, that. Yeah. Referring to them as sire and squire, <laughs> I died every time she did that. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. And these visuals are just epic. I can hear just music swelling as like all these dragons are taking off from Palanthos and Loran is leading them on this huge silver. And I love that Flint is just looking over and because he loves maps is just like I yeah. see the it's the perfect map oh like my God. you know I, I, and, and, the, and then he gets to draw it and loses it <laughs> Flint or Tass? Tass. Tass. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And he's, he's like, he, like, he draws it out on, on Flint's back and then... It's like, uh, I, missed, <laughs> I, that part. I don't know how I missed that part. Aww, beautiful I love the visual movie. here yeah. again with all of oh, these, all is. of these, uh, me- the metal dragons, your silver, your bronze. Metallic. Metallic. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> all of your, all of your metallic dragons, everybody's, you know, and it's before the battle, so all, all the, uh, dragon, the dragon riders here in clean armor and the sun's yeah. glinting off oh, everybody man. and yeah. Flight of the Velvet. Is going on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. Love, too, when they reach that battle, there's actually strategy. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Where yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, it's not just hey, there's a big battle and then dragons fight. It yeah. was like, no, we're gonna lead these troops in. They're gonna die. Yes, but at the same time, it'll no. Make them if this were the war. other two books, we would get no battle. I mean, we would have a battle. Yeah. It would be going on, but we would be thinking. Tannis would, or uh, or Flint would be worrying about his wife and kids back home and talking to 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 Tass about it. Like well, all we'd have is weird inner monologues with characters and never see any action. This was an entire chapter of action. Absolutely, and this is what we and need. action because. The humans are the, the humans are just riding at this point. Yeah, yeah, right. The, the, the dragons are the ones that are that are metallic dragons here. Just take their own initiative here and are completely. It's it's dragon on dragon. Yeah, the humans yeah. are just hanging on. It's awesome, and I love the straight. I mean, they're they're go- aiming for the wing joint uh, with their with their lance, and they're you know it's it's cool. I'm I'm loving all this stuff. I, this this needs to be a movie at this point. And, yeah. you know, and then they're they're the two dragons are grappling and they're spinning to the ground, and I, I'm loving all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I will say they they made a movie about dragons, Aragon from the book. Don't ever watch it. Yeah. Oh, really? I like that movie. 
Oh, not if you've read the no, series. I've never yeah, read yeah. Yeah. Read anyway, at the end of this chapter, they, they capture a blonde dragon lord dressed in blue with a bum arm that I guess I'm supposed to remember from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. He, he was I, the guy that got shot. I do I, I do know that, that after reading more of, yeah. more of this book. But it's like they're talking about him. They're, they're saying his name like... Yeah. Like he's my old buddy, but but like Tasselhoff is who takes him yes. down, and I love it. Like like really? he is, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's yeah. just well, yeah, he's like flipping and twisting and grabs him. Poor and, f- poor Flint is stuck. Like, like is, is in the corner again, popping yeah. nitro pills. he's having a, he's having an episode. Yeah, yeah. At, the, at the end of book one, Tass has figured out that Flint has a heart has heart troubles. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. I don't know this this entire chapter. It's pretty much Tass and Flint, and then a battle. I love it, and I love that once again they're on. They don't take the Kinder seriously. It's like, oh, right. it's a Kinder and a dwarf. Okay. Well, whatever. So at this point, I do have to say that whole thing you said about Ta- or, uh, Taz noticing that Flint as having heart problems. Like, I mean, I, as soon as I read that, ding, 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 I mean, there there is alarms going off in my head. Yeah. Like in the middle of a epic battle fantasy battle and everything everything else it is odd right for the narration to shift and say oh and flint is having heart problems and it will do so again mm-hmm. in here i instantly knew something was going on in flint you know uh, like i mean something is going to go down i flint. knew because there were i, I will say this i knew I, i've been waiting for something to happen with flint yeah the first scene in volume one Book one, where Tannis and Flint meet in the woods, Tannis has to sit down about four times as they're walking through the woods. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. And, Flint, okay. and I went, oh, yeah, something's yeah. going to go on. I mean, yeah, yeah. Flint is I mean, the old dwarf. It's a bomb yes. waiting to go on. I mean, it, 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 yeah. he is yes. the old dwarf. He's mm-hmm. the old guy at the park. And, again, Dragons of Dwarven Depths, it is discussed a little bit more in its entirety. Yeah. Hey, we are now at the end of book one. How's everybody feeling? Paul. Honestly, as I just said, this chapter nine, this last chapter, I'm loving it right now. Like, this is bringing everything I liked. I've always been a supporter of this. I was always reading them as a kid, but now, honestly, with this book three, I'm reading it both as a kid and an adult, and I'm I'm liking it so far. I look forward to the rest of the rest of the books of volume three, or is it book three, volume books one? Book two? three. I can never <laughs> say. Oh, book three, book two, book volume two, three. It's a D and D thing. <laughs> no, it's I'm, not. No, no it really not. isn't. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, I might have already read through a few of the next chapters, but it's it's something that I'm excited to read. Klopp, what about you? I tell you what, Paul, I'm feeling great at this point. Um, This first book was a super quick read for me. And I remember because I couldn't put it down, because I wasn't drifting off, because I wasn't looking around trying to figure out other things. It was just I I wanted to keep going. And I remember when I first read book one, I actually probably stayed up a little too too late one night before work because I couldn't stop reading after book one. Mm -hmm. And I got to to the end of book one, and I just wanted to keep going. So I did the whole... Well, I'll just I'll, I'll just read a couple more pages, and then two hours later, I'm still sitting in bed reading. <laughs> um, I'm in. This goes. I so badly at this point. I I want I wanted that Tannis bringing Kitiara back from the dark side moment. That's my only mm, gripe here. Okay. I thought it was going to happen. We quote unquote lost raced from the party. 
Right. Yeah. So I bring her in as bring, the fighter. Bring 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 her in yeah. to so that you know Caramon doesn't go off himself somewhere. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want that. I the characters are going well for me. I'm I'm done with Tannis. <laughs> uh, thank you. I, I, I just we all. I, I think we all are done with Tannis, but I like the directions that the that these character arcs are going. I'm excited to get to the next podcast so we can talk about a bunch of things I know that are going to happen. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Me, I. Me too. Luke, how are you feeling at the end of book one here? I feel like I'm reading a different series. Oh, okay. this is this is crazy. I. I I, I, I've enjoyed volumes one and volumes two of this. Um, you know, it, it's been a little slow to get into it, um, but this is different. This is a book with a purpose. Maybe it's because it's the end. I don't know what's going on, but I, I am really, man, I, I'm so into this book. And you know what, you guys? I want to know what Tannis does next. I I, 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 I want to know. I don't know. I I'm the I want him to come back. You want him to come back. The outlier the, here. You, yeah. yeah. I, I, I will just. Consi- I, I will consistently be the outlier in this podcast, and I don't know why. Maybe I'm just like some hipster at heart. I don't know. <laughs> Bob, where are you at, man? <laughs> well, boy, you nailed it on the head, Luke, when you said that this feels like a different book. This feels like a different book. I mean, I, I have loved, like you guys, I have loved reading this series. Uh, I, I didn't recommend book one. kind of recommended book two, and I talked about what my standards for recommending. Volumes. Volumes one and two. I've talked about what my standards were for those. But this book, like we said, right off the bat, it feels like a different book. Uh, it feels streamlined. The narrative narrative is tight. Uh, I'm going to say there, there, was, there was other hands in this. There, somebody looked over this or the what Weiss and Hickman were doing, there was a different different chemistry or dynamic going on with this one. Or maybe they were just that much more jazzed about this story that they pumped a lot into it. But this is really good and I'm really excited about where it's going to go uh, from here. They are on the bike. It's not falling over. Um, and I'm ready to cruise downhill with the, these guys to the end because this, this is good. I'm really excited about this. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. And I know we overblow things. We're a podcast. Yeah. We've got We've got to have disagreements. We've we've got to find fault with things. We're, right? we're, we're making ink on paper exciting. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ink on paper is always exciting. So even oh, though we the, even the, though the we English majors yeah. in the room, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> even though we have yelled about stuff, oh. it's been yelling from I think a different standpoint. Definitely. Uh, yeah. Whereas whereas before I was yelling about like from a writing standpoint like why would you write this why mm-hmm. would you do this like it just felt like sloppy writing yeah. or rushed writing this is more like i'm now yelling at characters yeah the, the yeah. plot has the, sucked the, you in yeah the plot has sucked me in and now i'm more irritated with what characters are doing and i'm not stepping out of the narrative going okay weiss or hickman like what why, you doing why did you make that decision yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, so and it, so that's better that's much better all right bob Paul, club. We spent a lot of time here talking about book one of volume three, but let's just settle up our tab. Let's get out of here. We'll come back next time. We'll really wrap this up. All right. Sounds like a plan. All right, here. Hey, Odek, you got anything? Sure, sure. Just split up chest Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had on our website, dungeonsanddweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. 
can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at dungeonsanddweebs.com. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons and Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, royaltyfreekings.com. Dungeons and Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert media production. Copyright 2017, all rights reserved. And no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the expressed written permission of Tim Gilbert Media.